Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. First time in a long time. Three weeks from today was the last time we had a podcast. Now, I know we also do the TJ and the grumpy old man show. Three weeks plus. Last time we did that podcast, and I know that we told people that uh, when TJ was away in Great Britain that we we're going to try to sneak some in, uh, but I had uh, we lost another valued member of the Islanders Never Say Die podcast family uh, last week. Uh, my mom passed away, so I was honestly not – I haven't – and she's been ill for a few weeks, so – I was not in the frame of mind to do a podcast. I'll just be honest with you. So uh, I'll take full blame on not having a podcast the last three weeks. Uh, we just buried her yesterday. Um, so, or two days ago, I'm sorry. So I just, I just did not feel like doing a podcast. And like I said, I have to be on and, you know, play my role on this show. And I was in no, no capacity to do that. Um, I don't even know if I am today, honestly, but I'm going to give it a shot. Well, I appreciate that, Grumpy. And obviously, again, sorry and condolences there for the loss, Grump. Um, but yeah, we it's our first time back in, you know, three weeks. And uh, the Islanders have played quite a few games since that time period. Uh, just always housekeeping items. Um, if you're new to the show, welcome. Welcome to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. We invite you, you know, and in returners, right? Welcome back. Um, we invite you guys to stick around a while. We invite you to subscribe on YouTube, to like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. This is a twice-a-week Islanders podcast where we go live every Wednesday and every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We we do cover games live, and, I mean, we've only got, what, a handful of games left live here this year. So uh, <laughs> I guess I guess we're going to be um, trying to cover as many of those as possible here. So if the Islanders are going live, we'll be trying to be uh, active. Or if the Islanders are playing a game, as long as it's not a West Coast game, as long as it's not on a – there's no West Coast games left. But as long as it's not on a Thursday or a Sunday, we'll go live during that game. We've only got, what, 10 games left, Grumpy, or nine games left of the season? 10 games left. No more West Coast games. So all against playoff teams. So we'll see how that turns out. Oh, man. And, yeah, the only reason, again, we do not go live on Thursdays and Sundays is because we do have a show called 
TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That is a twice a week sports podcast every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You could find that in the link in the description below. So again, and also as a featured channel on YouTube. So if you want to check us out and as the Islander season starts to die down, as the off season looks right around the corner for us, you could still get great action and great content also from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man, as well as the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. Um, Grump, since we've been gone, um, Islanders 7-4, and 7-4 with a winning record over that time period, 3-4 um, and four against playoff caliber teams. Uh, most recently, the win last night against the Pittsburgh Penguins and, uh, and Casey DeSmith. Um, you know, we played I thought we played some good games over that stretch. I wasn't able to watch every single game being, you know, out of the country. Uh, but uh, I thought we've played some some really good games over that stretch. And, you know, at towards these last 10 games, I was talking to Phil uh, outside the podcast oh. and other members. I know Phil. Phil. Uh, but I, I was talking about what we should be looking to do over these last 10 games and what we, you know, what as a, as a coach, I feel like we should be looking to do as Barry Trotz is, right, as the season is over. Um, and also what as fans we should be looking for over that stretch. Okay. So, what as fans are we should we be looking? You said you uh, tell me expound on it, please. Well, no, no, no. I, I didn't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about hey, we played well over that time period. Here's a few takeaways I had just briefly over before we take a little bit of a deeper dive. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch many games, I'll be honest with you. Maybe little dribs and drabs. I saw the first period of the Carolina game. Um, I saw from overtime. I got back into town really late last night, but I did see overtime and shootout against Pittsburgh. And I saw the highlights. They had a new uh, girl with Shannon. I don't know what she was wearing, but I liked her. So uh, I'd like to see more of her. I forgot. I don't even know her name. Mickelson, I think, was her last name. Um, I didn't like her outfit. It was not a good good look for her. Um, just black and white checks. I don't know. I didn't like it. But I, I liked her. I'm glad they've given her a shot. Um, not as good as Anson Carter. Um, but, you know, hey, what can I tell you? It was an ex- – I don't know. I watched a little bit of Pittsburgh's. Like, they had a power play in overtime that wouldn't shoot the puck. I don't understand that. Sorokin made a couple of great saves, though. I think he had 45 saves last night. Um, good for him. One of the bright spots this year. Yeah, I, and we were talking. It, let me let me ask you this. Now, as we have ten games left, right? This should be a time period to where, and and now and I was talking about this. Your guys like your Simon Holmstroms, your players that are on the cusp or getting ready to say, "Hey, I'm a year or two years out." They should get a taste of what real NHL action is That's and what happening. real competition. Well, I'm just saying what we should do, right? What okay. we should do is right because Cal Clutterbuck's out. We don't need to see Andy Anderoff anymore. I, I know I butcher that last name all the time. I don't need to see him in the lineup. I don't need to see both Ross Johnston and Matt Martin in the lineup. Matt Martin shouldn't be playing, right? We don't need to see right. Matt Martin. We these last ten, these last maybe it's nine games. I'm not sure. Let me go ahead and pull that up here. It's uh, what is it, Grump? Is it nine games or ten? These last ten games. games these ten last games. ten games, right? This should be a time period, or as you get closer, this should be a say. Hey, here's a nugget. Give Simon Holmstrom a chance. Let him see how much he still has to improve and what the level is at the NHL ice. 
Let him know. Let him see what that's really like. I think that's good for development. It's good for what he takes a little bit. even if it's a four-game stretch at the very end, because right Bridgeport right now I think is fighting for a playoff spot. Are they going to make the playoffs in the AHL? Are they not? That's still left to be determined, right? They don't make the playoffs or get, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, he should be getting a a three- or four-game stretch towards a tail end. And a three- or four-game stretch, even if you only play him nine, ten minutes a night, you play him as a bottom-six role, him understanding the level of competition at the NHL is hugely important and it gives you a it gives you a big carrot and it gives you something to say I need to work extremely hard this offseason because I saw what it's like playing against like guys like Sidney Crosby. I saw what it's like playing against guys like like uh Steven Stamkos, Kucherov. I saw what it's like playing against the top tier players. Even it's only limited time on the ice. The the experience in him noticing and having that surreal moment by saying I'm much further away from where I think I actually am, and I need to bust my ass this offseason. I think that allows him to work hard, and he has more of that tangible goal to work for in the offseason. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I just don't think you're going to see it. I mean, has there ever been anything in how Barry Trotz runs a lineup and rolls his lineups out there that's going to say, hey, we're going to start sitting some veterans and playing some younger guys? I mean, well, it's, it's not even it's not even sitting the veterans. Remember, because Cal Clutterbuck, right? He's out for the that that happened when we were gone. So okay. Cal Clutterbuck, right after the trade deadline was announced, that he had season any season ending surgery, so he was out. Right? We had talked about the last time we were on the podcast. Okay, why don't we do anything? Right? You could say maybe because we were too hesitant, moving and 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 too delayed trying to move a guy like Cal Clutterbuck. I know we re-signed him back, but instead of you know being more proactive, right? You couldn't trade a guy who was injured and he had season sending season ending injury or season ending surgery right after the trade deadline. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm going to say the same thing. You know, I'm not a fan of Simon Holmstrom, right? Uh, you know, I've been ripping on him. And, but again, if you're going to bring somebody like that up, I don't want him playing on the fourth line. That's not his skill set. I, I, said, I said bottom six minutes. Remember, remember, um, Ross Johnson. I mean, you've got right now Ross Johnson playing on the right wing on the fourth line. I all I'm saying is it's not remember how we talk about young guys, certain players need to be put in the right spot to succeed in the in the stick in the NHL. This isn't necessarily a situation like this. This, I think, with Simon Holmstrom is a hey, I want you to get a taste and to understand how quick the game is at the NHL level. He plays in spring spring camp and everything like that. It's still, it's not the same, right? When he's playing, you know, preseason, um, it's not the same level. You're not playing against the same competition. You're not playing against everybody playing at their maximum capacity like you are here towards the actual NHL season with teams fighting for playoff spots. So I'm not even, I'm, I'm not so, I wouldn't be fixated on how much time on the ice or what situations he was in. I'm more focused on can he get time out there at the NHL level to learn how much he actually still needs to improve to be a viable NHL player. That's yeah. more what I look at. Yeah, I just don't see it happening. But even if even if that's the case, let's say they were going to do that, I'd want to put him in a spot where he has the greatest chance to succeed, playing fourth-line minutes and being a grinder. That's not his game. It's not his skill set. I, I, and I, I know I sound like I'm repeating myself, but – you drafted him to be a middle six, right? At best, maybe a top, uh, maybe a second pairing guy, uh, you know, a scoring type winger. I want him in that role. I say the same thing with Oliver Wallstrom, the same thing with Kiefer Bellows. 
I don't, I'm sick and tired of us jamming these guys of a certain skill set into roles that really they're not equipped to play. I mean, I, I just, for me, it's just frustrating when we do that. If you're going to bring somebody like him up, I want to play him on a top two line. I want to see what he can do with players, you know, who are offensive. That is his skill set. Why are you smirking? I see you smirking over there. I was I was, I, I was smirking because since the last time we had podcasted, this this um the Will lines have kind of changed. Was Will, that Will Smith was still a hero to a lot of people in this country? I was about to say when I was overseas, I'm like, what the hell did I wake up to? Yeah, and that happened. But I'm sure we'll talk about that tomorrow on the TJ the Cold oh, Man show. Um, you know, we always do the fan fight segment, but that will be a little different, a little funnier, I, I assume. But, um, yeah, bro, uh, you look at the lines, right? Uh, you know, Matt Barzal still playing time on ice, but Matt Barzal has not been the number one center, right? You, you look at, you know, kind of who he's been playing with. Matt Barzal has been paired up with Zach Parise and Oliver Wallstrom here over, you know, a, a large stretch of games since we've been gone, Grump. I'd say it's been, what, like, you know, anywhere from 10, 10 to 15 games. He's been there technically the third line center. Um, but I mean, like he, he plays more than third line minutes because right. Jean Gabriel Pajot, Josh Bailey and Kyle Palmieri, in my opinion, is a third line, but I, you know, it's, it's kind of different to see, you know, what we have been changing up and what we've been looking at. I think Brock Nelson and Anders Lee works a lot better. I think that's that Anders Lee is better fit for Brock Nelson than he is for Matt Barzal. How many years have I been saying that? How many years? Years. But honestly, I think Andrews Lee's knee injury maybe is back because he's been horseshit the last number of games. He had a brief little hot streak, and now he's resorted to what he was most of the year. Well, no, he, he, the confidence. The confidence is down in his knee, man, is oh, what right. it is. That's right. It's I'm almost sorry. like, you know, what has he got, like, you know, one point in the last seven games. And here's the thing, right? I'm not, oh, we're, we're, we're hunting for points. I, is it? Uh, let's talk about how some players performed when it seems like the season is all but lost and over. Speaking of which, did you happen to see Josh Bailey rifled home two goals yesterday against the Penguins? Okay. okay, one of those was a really nice shot. It was. It was Okay, the first goal was a fantastic shot. Yeah, He was in a good spot, and I was like, holy shit, I'm shocked that was Josh Bailey. That's one of those Alexander Ovechkin-type goals. The second one, he looked like Lando Calrissian, you know, <laughs> after they fired uh, at the Death Star, and he was on his way out. And he just, oh, the puck just happened to pop up, and he shot it, and that is on the way out. So, I, I don't know what the hell Casey DeSmith was doing there. I know they were in a bad situation, and, and you know, it was a fortuitous bounce to, to Josh Bailey. But I'm like, I was like, it was good patience, but I'm like, holy crap. I, hey, man, they all count the same, but uh, that first, the first one was a really nice shot. Yeah, really nice. I mean, outstanding shot. Hey, like I said, it, credit where credit is due. I'm not just going to bury Josh Bailey because I hate him. I don't hate him. I just wish he was better. That's all. And when he does something that's good, I always, every single time, call out. That was a fantastic shot by him. The second one, hey, you know what? They all count. So I'm not going to, I'm certainly not saying, ah, that goal doesn't count. But the first shot was really, really good. Maybe you should shoot the puck more. I don't know. Let me let me ask you about this too, because it's something I've been thinking about. The connection between Oliver Wallstrom and Matt Barzal, at least regarding you know point production, hasn't really been there. Now I've been thinking of a few reasons as to why that is. Now I want to get your initial reaction. Maybe when you look at it and say, okay, you know, limited time together, you know, 10, 15 games together, and they don't mix. It's like water and oil. Maybe they just aren't meant to go together. But I, I've got a little bit of a different theory, but I want to hear your thoughts on it first, Grump. I think Matt Barzell's given up. 
<laughs> I just think he's given up on the season. I really do. I mean, he's looked disinterested from, uh, I, I'm not going to say most of the year. I'll say maybe 30%. And certainly down the stretch, I just think he's frustrated. That's something they have to iron out this offseason. If you don't get him going, uh, where do you go from there, right? You're going to move him? What else are you going to do? He should be the guy you're building the franchise around. It looks like he's not happy being there. And you look at you look at the performances this year too, and you look and you say, okay, he had a few good games against Columbus when we played them. I mean, we we played well against Columbus both times we played them when we were gone. But the Rangers too, he always plays up for the Rangers. He's a guy who always th those games against the Rangers mean a lot to him. And even in a season that is lost, right, you see the effort level there against the Rangers was good for Matt Barzal in that time period. But you're right, I think I don't know. I I wouldn't say intrigue is down for him, but I think it's safe to say that <laughs> the heart isn't there. I, I simply think about it. This guy is a guy who would would I'm talking about walk across walk a mile on nails for the team to win. Think about how feisty he is, that persona he has on the ice, the thing that makes you love him. He's gritty as all hell, too. That just hasn't been there. I think he's unhappy with the direction of the team. And, and, and here's, and I also want to say this too, right? If you look at it, you're not familiar with Matt Barzal. I think you say, oh, well, no, I wouldn't necessarily say he's out of character. But when's one of those moments where you think to yourself, okay, there's that snarl from Matt Barzal. There's that effort level. There is that, that he's just extending everything he's got out there. I haven't seen many moments of that. I think Barry has beaten that out of him. He's beaten him. He's turned him into a robot. I think the loss, he talked, he I, think, I, think, I think that the record this year has beaten that out of him. No, I think Barry's beaten out. He's like, yeah, we finally got him where he's playing the kind of hockey he needs to play. Uh, you know what that means? You turned, you took a guy who was an offensive dynamo, uh, one of the best, uh, most exciting players in the league, and turned him into a grinder. I, I think he just wants – I don't think he wants to be here. I'm going to say it again. I don't think he wants to be here. And I – he might not – I'm not – you know what? I don't want to be doom and gloom first time back. But it wouldn't surprise me if he does not sign an extension here. That's all. Wow. I'm not saying he won't, but it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't. I just think he's had enough of Barry Trotz. No extension. I, I won't go that far <laughs> yet, Crump. But I think, again, you could you could pull up the disinterest to a multi multitude of things. You could say, hey, he doesn't like playing system. Maybe he's not enamored with Barry Trotz. I think that's also it. You could also say our team's lost. Our team hasn't played very well this year. Our team, you know, has been out of the playoff hunt since almost the beginning of the season. Since you know, fifteen games in, we've been you know well on the outside looking in, and we haven't had a chance really to get ourselves into a position where we could fight for that. And he said, "Well, this year's over. Not worried." Uh, but see, he's never been that type of guy, that's, and that's what I was about to say. He's never been that type of guy, so that's a little concerning. I don't like players like that. I don't I like players when you know they lose and like nah, I don't care. And I always believe. Players don't say, I'm not going to put forth effort because we're out of the playoffs because a lot of times players are fighting for their livelihood. They're fighting for time on ice. They're fighting there to keep jobs. They're there fighting for future contracts. They're out there always putting their effort out there. I, I really do believe that. But the the little above and beyond he usually goes in the extra, again, feist to his game just hasn't been there. Yeah, but I'm just going to you know what? I have a gnat in this house, and he keeps on landing on my face. And I'm going to get the little son of a bitch before the night's over. I'm telling you, pissing me off. Uh, 
he doesn't have to worry about those things. He's getting paid. He doesn't have to worry about ice time. All that's over. Barry Trost doesn't mess with him anymore. I don't think it's the fact that he's playing on the third line because he's, he's still getting a lot of minutes. But I just think that he's just unhappy with the system. He's unhappy with the coach. He doesn't like the direction of the team. And losing certainly doesn't help also. I mean, he always, 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 no matter what the situation, is given 100%. And it just – doesn't seem that way. And I'm not saying that he's dogging it. I just think he's frustrated and just playing out the string. Oh, that's probably Lou from the landline. As far as I know, I don't know. That's Lou from the landline. I had my secretary, the warden, pick that up. Oh, she got you. She'll go ahead and give you the message, right, Crump? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's one item that I think is, is definitely worth talking about. I, I don't know what I had expected. I definitely had expected originally more of an initial impact of Oliver Wallstrom and Matt Barzal being together. Now, let me ask you this. If you're in a situation where the last 10 games of the season, the production still isn't there, what do you do going in the next year? Do you say we're scrapping that idea? Oliver Wallstrom and Matt Barzal doesn't work well. Are you willing to put a stamp on it and say that iteration won't be successful? No, because I'm not going to make a judgment based on the last, what, 20 15 games, games of the games. season. Well, hold on. It's 2025. They've been together. Okay. But I'm not going to. They, they, they okay. Since we've been gone, they've been together that entire okay. time. We've missed 11 games at least. I'm not. I'm not going to make a judgment based on the last 20, 25 games of a season that was we weren't a playoff team. Just like, you know, if somebody says, oh, look, the Islanders are playing great down the stretch. Well, that's before we play all the tough playoff teams that we're seeing in the next couple of weeks. But let's say we close out and have a great last couple of weeks of the season. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in that either. I tend, don't like to look at brief little snippets at the end when the season's over. To me, that means nothing. I'd much rather care about how you play during the season when something is still at stake. And for me, unless you're a younger team, like uh, the Islanders are not, then I could say, okay, they really picked up at the end. That's a harbinger of things to come next year. I don't think that's the case with this team. And I also am not going to put too much stock in if Wallstrom and Barzell don't play well together. Like I said, Barzell seems disinterested. Wallstrom hasn't produced. Uh I, I honestly can't answer the reason. Zach Parise is not doing it either. Initially, when they were put together, they looked pretty good out there. But all of a sudden now, that line's kind of stagnated. I mean, oh, I no, would Zach not, Parise's played well. Zach Parise's not, played well out not there. recently he hasn't. But he had the two goals last night too. Okay. I, uh, just uh, Without the two goals last night, I'm just saying look at the other games. He's, he's not been producing. That line has not been producing. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Parise's been given, I mean, God almighty, you look at it, 19 minutes, that game against Columbus, that first game. He's been getting a lot of ice time, uh, you know, but I think he's been, I, I've got no issue with Zach Parise. I, I, I I've just, got no issue with Zach Parise. That's so frustrating. You're giving a 37-year-old forward 19 minutes a night on ice. I, I, I it, what, how is that going to help you in the future? This season's over. How does that help you going forward? Giving a 37-year-old a 37-year-old forward 19 minutes of ice time a game. I I mean it, it, to me it's, it's, it's not, head scratching. It's not, it's not every game. I mean, down this last stretch, since we've been gone over the last 10, 11 games, he's been averaging like 15 and a half, 16 minutes of ice time a night. You know, so here's the thing. Zach Parise, 
I've got no issues with him. I think he's played well this year, especially for what we signed him for. And, uh, you know, I have no problem with him in a bottom six role next year either. He, you know, he's not an issue, right? We talk about issues the team has. That's not an issue for certain. Yeah, I'm just like, he's 37. He's 37. And now they're making excuses for his poor play earlier in the year. Well, you know, he was just trying to prove that he shouldn't have been uh, bought out by Minnesota. Really? Where did you hear that? Uh, I think it was in the athletic. Holy shit. I'm like, really? That's the reason? Come on, fellas. You, you know, I mean, you. I mean, maybe they're trying to justify giving them the two-year contract. I mean, I don't know. I just. Hold on. I, well, I thought he only got the one-year extension. Okay, one year. Well, okay. You, do you think it might be two at the end of the day? No. And I'm not opposed to re-signing him. I'm not. But I'm just, it's just kind of confusing to me that if you're looking to the future of the team, you shouldn't be putting your eggs in a 37-year-old basket. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't mind. He didn't play poorly. He's a bottom six player. I don't care. I'm happy he's played well. I don't mind that he's – Whatever. He's like it's he's, a Dano Chara of the offense. He plays no, in every single no, situation. No. Big Z blows. Big Z's, I mean, he's finished. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying he's an older player who plays in every single situation. That's what I mean. Oh man, I, I here's the thing. I don't I feel like we're saying that a lot already. I I don't care that he plays a lot of ice time. I will say Now's your time if you want to go ahead and experiment with some younger players and ever know if they've got anything. Now's the time to do so. I I, I would be upset if Simon Holmstrom doesn't get some sort of. And again, I'm not the huge. I'm not a huge Simon Holmstrom fan. I'll be upset though if he doesn't get some ice time towards the tail end. If he doesn't get a few games, I will be a little upset about that. Um, you know, people said since we've been gone, also right, they've gone through. Um. They've gone through the uh, the Aho experiment. Uh, I mean, Sebastian Aho is what he is. He's a number seven defenseman. Defenseman Grant Hutton, right? We've seen him over a few games. Kind of is what he is. He's a number seven defenseman. I, I don't think there's anything else too much to take away from that. Yeah, I like Grant Hutton. I'm so I like him. I liked him when he was up uh, earlier in the year. Um, and Sebastian Aho, I don't hate him either. I mean, if they're your bottom six, okay. For me, I want Dobson and Pellick together. To me, that's a top five, number one pair defense unit in the NHL, without a doubt. I'd love to see those two together. I mean, they could play 25 minutes a night, that pairing. Then you have Pulak, and you're going to have to get another left-handed defenseman. Whatever you got to do, bring in somebody who's substantial. Have them play 20 minutes a night. And then your bottom pairing pays like plays like nine, ten minutes a night. You can get away with young guys in that situation. Absolutely. Or have a rotation of three guys. You don't have to have, and of course, move Scott Mayfield, right? Why not? He can still get you something. I love when you do that. I love when you rub your face like that. I'm thinking, I'm looking to the future. The off season is my favorite time of the year. Can we stop? Can we stop with uh, what you would like to do, and can we more focus on what will actually happen and what the team's idea is? Your ideology and the team ideology is. Drastically different. That's why we're not winning any Stanley Cups. They're not listening to me. I thought you just said this earlier. You weren't going to do that first first compa- first podcast back. I said I try not to do it. We're about thirty minutes in, and you're already teetering. <laughs> what can I tell you? 
<laughs> You're teetering, man. Um, but you know, I also have Sallow who could potentially step up. I mean, I, like I said, I liked what Grant Hutton provided. I really did. I, I here, do you think to yourself, oh, that's a guy I want playing every single night? I, Absolutely. I, here's the thing. We've talked about it before. I'd have no problem at all if they said, no adopts is taking a step forward. Fantastic. No adopts is going to play 22 minutes a night, 23 minutes a night. And now you say, oh, Ryan Pulak, right? We're still going to play you a lot of minutes out there. Nice. We're going to still keep on playing you 22, 23 minutes a night. You don't need a guy to play but 14, you know, as if you're really looking for a bottom six defenseman, maybe 14, 15, 16 minutes on average tonight, if that's the case. You don't need a guy to be playing 18, 19 minutes as a bottom six defenseman for us going forward. So, you know, you could say, hey, no adoption, take more minutes, earn these minutes. You've done it. I want to see what you can do with more minutes. I want to see you out there in more situations. Same thing with Ryan Pulak. We want to see you out there in more situations. So he already is kind of what he is at Ryan Pulak's age. Talk more about adoption, I guess, with that. But you do not need your bottom six defenseman to say, we need him to play at least 19, 20 minutes. He's a huge penalty killer, right? That was a big thing. Scott Mayfield is huge on the penalty kill. Can someone pull up the numbers, what our penalty kill has done with Scott Mayfield not in it? It's pretty much the same. Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't matter to me. I mean, that doesn't matter to me. I'm I'm just no, 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 okay, okay, okay. The reason it matters, and I thought you would – we'd be on the same page on this is because people said we can't trade Scott Mayfield, right? Because he's such an important piece on the penalty kill for us with well, Scott Mayfield eats so many penalty kill minutes that without him, we're going to struggle. He does that. You know, nobody really pays attention to that, but he's integral in the penalty kill. And that's, that's something that we're really, really going to miss if Scott Mayfield's gone. I know it's only been a stretch of, you know, 11, you know, 10, 11 games, but still, <laughs> I don't think the penalty kill has been all. It's a small sample size, but it hasn't been drastically worse. Yeah, but to me, I was never one of those pro people who uh, was a proponent of that. Okay. I'm talking about to answer the rebukes that you would get in the people who were saying that is not a good idea. That That's the reason I'm bringing that up, Grumpy. It's not for you. It's for everybody else. You kind of get what I'm saying on that? Yeah. Um, well, I never thought that way. And I thought we should have definitely moved him. Why? Because he had great value. I just, like I said, I had a plan. They didn't, they chose not to do it. They chose not to move anyone at the deadline. You're stuck with the same cast of characters. So I expect them to roll everybody back next year. I don't expect many changes. I really don't. Why are we talking about the deadline like three weeks removed from it? you just mentioned about trading Scott. No, 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 no. You mentioned it. And I told you I was bringing up little tidbits. You said in the offseason, you want to move Scott Mayfield. I'm bringing up the tidbits to say, could you actually move a guy like that? And now we're moving back to the deadline. I'm just, well, there's a lot to talk about that's happened since the deadline. I want to talk about that. Don't you? Yeah, go ahead. Lead the charge. <laughs> okay. I'll lead the charge. I think Sorokin's been spectacular. Right. Yes, he he, he's he, 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 you know, the numbers were, were getting there anyway to begin with before we had left. I, I think he's been great. And and this is something that, that Phil brought up. And I think other people would, would think possibly perhaps, and they'd say, well, Sorokin's played much better when he is not relied upon playing every single night. He's played much better. And the best time he's played was when he's had a 1A, 1B tandem. Um, no. I disagree. I don't think it has any bearing whatsoever if he plays every other night. Sorry. 
He should be getting the lion's share of the games, playing two out of three, period. That's the way it should be. How do you how do you get a guy to be uh, more consistent over the time? You don't split up every other game. You play him a lot. The team has been bad this year. It's not been Sorokin. It's been the team. He's not the reason why we're not winning games. Varlamov won a number of games in a row when Sorokin was out. Was it because Varlamov was great? No, it's because we played better offensively. The team was playing better. Yeah, and 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 here's the thing too, right? And that's that's kind of where I was I was hinting at and kind of leaning towards as well. Our team has played better as of recent than it did in the first half of the season. When you say, "Oh, okay, well, the numbers weren't as great when Varlamov went out with that injury, then he was out with COVID. His numbers weren't as good when it wasn't. You know, he he couldn't he had to be relied upon every single night." You can also say the team wasn't playing as well as they are currently. I, the team that is, you know, they're beating the Hurricanes, right, 2-1 to one in regulation. And again, albeit, right, we play the Penguins, it's technically against the backup Casey to Smith, right? But that the team three, four months ago would not have beaten the Penguins last night, would not have beaten the Carolina Hurricanes. It just wouldn't have been the case. The team's played better as a whole as of recent. You know, not it's it's been much better since the beginning of the season. But again, like, it's not specifically of, hey, he can't do it every single night and he needs a 1A, 1B tandem. I think it has more to do with the fact that the team is playing better, Grump. That sounds something like Phil would say something stupid like that. Phil was, and he was backing it up. There you with go. There you go. There you go. So he's Phil's fiction. He makes these little things up in his brain. He makes them up. It's crazy. He's insane. It's all that living up in Canada affecting his brain. Well, Grumpy, we, we've got a lot of, we got a lot of listeners in the show who live up in Canada, Grumpy. So yeah, but not, in the, not in the Toronto region. I'm sure we've got fans up in the Toronto region who listen to the show. I'm just saying Phil in particular, I've seen his house. I don't think he puts the heat on. <laughs> is that, is that what it is? Grump looks very cold. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, but you know, you, you look at it that you technically could do it. They're not going to move anybody this offseason. They're going to be looking to acquire pieces. We've been, you know, upfront about that. That's not changing. But, They're going to be acquiring pieces. They're going to be trying to double down. They're going to try to increase the roster they currently have. Okay. But they're going to have to move a forward or two if they want to bring someone in. You're going to have to move a contract out. Period. It's the it, otherwise, here's the thing you can't have 14 forwards. For 12 spots, you're going to have to move somebody out, two people out. Who's it going to be? There are limited options. Bavillier, maybe Bailey. Maybe they move Wallstrom. Who knows? Maybe they move Bellows. They're fringe guys anyway. Who are they going to move? They have to move someone before they can bring someone in. There are just too many guys on long-term deals in their forward group. Unless you move one, you can't bring somebody else in. I mean, I, those are just facts. Look at the contract status of all those guys. So, and just to, to hammer back on that point too, and I'll be interested to see what it looks like over the next 10 games as well. Um, without Scott Mayfield on the penalty kill, we've effectively killed off 37 the last 40 power plays we faced. Seems like we're better when he's not in there. Okay. I wouldn't say necessarily we're better, really? but here, here's the thing. It doesn't matter 
better necessarily. What matters is not a drastic decrease because that's what that was. That was the big feather in people's caps that they were putting in Scott Mayfield. We wouldn't be as good on the penalty kill without Scott Mayfield. He he uns, he's an unsung hero and eats so many penalty kill minutes that you know you couldn't even fathom how bad of a loss he would be. I'm okay. not saying it's good to lose Scott Mayfield, right? He's definitely a player who's important. He would be more valuable on another team where he could play in a larger role than he could with us with our team healthy. But I'm just saying, right, we've killed 37 in the last 40 power plays okay. of the last 10 games since he's been out. I'll be interested to see what the next 10 games look like, too. Okay, that's 92.5% penalty kill. That's best in the league. So we're not missing him on the penalty kill. It's only a 10-game stretch, though. But it is worth saying. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, and that's why I said we'll wait to see the next 10 too, right? If you continue and you're killing off penalties left and right and the, the penalty kill is playing fantastic, then you know what? Maybe Scott Mayfield should be on a penalty kill, right? 20-game stretch like that. Again, it is towards the end of the season. It just gives you, hey, we're a little bit better off. You know, It's not like we're so dependent on Scott Mayfield's production on the penalty kill as we thought before. I don't. If those are the numbers, I mean, I don't think it even matters. You're trying to tell me we don't have enough defensemen who can play on the penalty kill? Well, I don't know. That's what this time period has proven that we do. Of course we do. All of our defensemen can play defense. That's the strength of the team. And I'm a Scott Mayfield fan. He's a guy we should have moved, though. Why? Because he's a bottom six guy on this team. That's what he is. If you can get a King's Ransom for a bottom six guy, you have to move him. It's... It, Poor asset management to keep them, honestly. It is, but I'm not going to hammer too hard on what I should have done at the NHL deadline. Well, even in the offseason, right? They're, okay, they're not going to do that. Well, like I said, then you really missed the boat. It, like I said, it was just poor asset management. On a team that was not making the playoffs, you should have been a seller, and you weren't. Okay. Let's Let's talk about let's talk about something different. Let's talk about again because I think I think the storyline since we've been gone, Grump, is more Oliver Wallstrom and Matt Barzal not working. We kind of covered it a little bit earlier. Now you had talked about, and we've talked about before, right? The team is going to have to get better through trade, was what Lou Lamarillo said. And I think that in the offseason, we're going to look to acquire pieces. You brought something up earlier that I think is interesting. What do you think the realistic chances are that we trade away a guy like Oliver Wallstrom? Hasn't necessarily taken a huge step forward in his second year in the NHL. For the most part, has played the third line that entire time period. But if we're a team that's looking to win and win now, I mean, Bavilia hasn't played great this year either. But could you see a guy like Oliver Wallstrom, Oliver Wallstrom having more value than a guy like Anthony Bavilia? And they could say, well, if a team's going to value his future possible performance, maybe it's worth throwing a guy like him out there because we value Anthony Bavillier for this next year more valuable than Oliver Wallstrom. So Oliver Wallstrom is a more valuable trade candidate to bring in more for, more in return of an NHL-ready player now. Could you see them doing something like that? Who are you getting back, Lucas Raymond? I mean, because I'm not trading. What I think they're going to do is they're going to, maybe they'll free up some space or maybe he'll have to be traded. And again, because, hey, everybody wants to say Philip Forsberg, Philip Forsberg, Philip Forsberg, or maybe you're able to trade for guy. I don't think we're trading for young. We're trading for a guy who's in his prime or a little over his prime. That's what we're trading for. 
And if I'm thinking of teams that would be willing to move a guy like that, it's probably a team rebuilding. If I'm thinking what teams rebuilding need, if we're making a trade in the offseason, young players. And they need young young potential. So guys like that are your Anthony Bavilliers. And now I think about Oliver Washington's been given this chance and opportunity to perform with Matt Barzal, albeit I don't think Barzal's been putting necessarily forth his best foot over that time period. But he hasn't performed with Matt Barzal. Makes them think, hmm. So maybe, we're maybe up- Oliver Wallstrom is more movable than we originally thought. That's maybe what the team's thinking. So we're going to give up on a 21-year-old. This is this, these are the same people who are saying we should move Noah Dobson five months ago, right? That is. Yep. The thing. The same people saying that same exact thing. You don't trade 21-year-olds. You don't do it. If you do, if you start trading the younger players on this team now, you might as well take a shovel to the franchise in the next year or two. Just bury it because it's full rebuild, picking in the top five every single year. That's what it'll be. If you start trading away the only assets, the younger players who are the future of this team to prop up the geezer squad that we have, we're wheeling out on the ice with their walkers every night. Fantastic. Get ready to take a shovel to the team. It's a toxic asset. You think ownership wants to do that? I don't think so. You think they want to get, hey, we're just trying to get the draft here. So we can pick first every year because that's what it'll be. If you start moving the younger players, we only got five or six of them. They're the ones you want to move. Of course, any other team who's making a trade with us, those are the only guys they're going to ask for. You think anybody values an Anders Lee or a Kyle Palmieri or a Josh Bailey or a Zach Parise? They don't. Those guys are done. I don't care how they're playing right now. They're not going to be part of a team that you're going to try to put out there to win a championship. Just not happening. Of course, they're going to ask your Bavilliers, your Wallstroms, your Barzells. I don't think he's available yet, but younger guys. That's who they're looking at. They're not looking for guys in their 30s to bring in in the offseason. Absolutely not. With term on their contract, no chance. So, so just to make sure we've got this, you're not on the Anthony, you're not done with Anthony Bavillier just quite yet. No, but they are going to have to move. If you want to bring another forward in, you're going to have to move a forward out. And it's Bavili is the easiest one to move. Why? Because he's 24 years old, going to be 25 next year. He still shows that uh, he's got the hustle, he's got the drive, and while he's a streaky player, he can put up points. So that's a guy that the team will take a flyer on. They're not going to take a flyer on a Josh Bailey. No one's going to be knocking down the door for Zach Parise or Cal Clutterbuck or Casey Zizekas or Anders Lee or Kyle Palmieri. J.G. Pajot, they're in their 30s. Nobody's, hey, we got to make sure we get ourselves a 30-something out here. That TV show was a long time ago. 30-something. It was a television show. I couldn't tell you what that is. I'm not sure. It was a television show back in the 80s called 30-something. A bunch of 30-somethings. They could have been Josh Bailey, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson. All of them could have their little wives and have kids and stuff like that. Little dramedy. A little drama. 30-something. Look it up. Oh, well, I'll have to look it up afterwards. Now, speaking of speaking of Josh Bailey, I do find it funny, right? In the last 20 games he's played, right? He's got 10 goals on the season. In the last 20 games he's played, Grumpy Old Man, do you want to take a guess how many goals? Or how uh, <laughs> how many goals he scored in the last 20? Five, six. Um, he's got uh, He's got seven goals. Seven goals, seven of his 10 goals on a season in the last 20 games. I'm not surprised. 
I'm not surprised. Nothing to play for. Josh Bailey comes out and shows the best. And you know, hey, as good as Brock Nelson fight, same thing. Same exact thing. Think They've about always last, been guys. Real quick, real quick. In the last 20 games, in the last 20 games, Josh Bailey's got himself seven goals and six assists. So 13, way better than he had played earlier on in the season. And I think that's a trend real quick before I let you get back to your point. I think we've seen a lot of players who didn't play well. And now when the season was essentially, you know, 20, 20 games ago, the season was pretty much done. We were done for at that time period. And I see players, you know, starting to turn it on and starting to perform. And that, that is a little worrisome, but I'm sorry. Get back to your point, Crump. I mean, you could say that just about any of our players on this team, couldn't you? Look at Brock Nelson's numbers. I mean, the same thing. It's the same exact thing. He put up huge numbers ever since we've been eliminated from the playoff chase. If you look at his game log, I looked it up before we left, and it was like, dude, you were okay in the beginning of the season. All of a sudden, right before Ted, right before the deadline, it was the week or two before the deadline. All of a sudden, all the ghosts come out of the closet and they start putting up numbers. Let's roll it back out with this team. Your hatred blinds you, Grumpy. Your hatred for Brock Nelson. Your hatred for Brock Nelson blinds you. Look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. Hatred for Brock Nelson blinds you on this. It look does. at the numbers. All I say is look at the numbers. That's all you got to do. So if he's got thirty points, let's say before this last twenty game stretch, Grump, your hatred blinds you. You can go ahead and pull it up. You can crunch all the numbers you want. His production this year has been good. He's played well all the way around. Your hatred for him blinds you, Grumpy. It blinds you. Not true. It does. Uh, like I said, here's the thing. He's the same guy he's always been. He's never been anything more than he is right now. Me, this is exactly what he's been his whole career. As soon as the season is over, nothing to play for. Brock Nelson starts showing up. Okay, that's it, it's just so unfair. Fucking believably not true, Grumpy. Come on. It's true. That's not true. It's not even close. How do you explain how he puts up points head over heels every single year in the playoffs? He does do well in the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. He's the last three years we've been in the playoffs, or the last besides this year. So three of the last four years, we've been in the playoffs. And every single one of those years, he's played well. He's played much better under Barry Trotz. It has nothing to do with, oh, he plays well when the season's over. Dude, the seat we've made the playoffs last three years in a row. What are you talking about? I'm just going to say he's put up uh, 23 points in the last 20 games. Okay. So he he's got, he's got like 29 points in the prior 40. 41. In the prior 41. So don't tell me that his game has not picked up since the season's been over because it has. And I'm not putting him down. Because he's had a good year. It's Crump, Crump. So you're complaining that he's got 29 points in 40 games. My complaint, my complaint Holy is that shit. when the season's over, he's just like Josh, just like Josh Bailey, they start playing better because there's no pressure on them. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's not I'm true. not saying trade. Not Brock true. That is not a true example for him. I don't give a shit. You, I think it's applicable for a lot of players. It's not applicable for him. I think it's applicable for Kyle Palmieri. I think it's applicable for Anders Lee. I think it's applicable for Josh Bailey. It's not applicable for Brock Nelson. It is. It certainly He's is. He's been the only year. player that has been consistent, tried and true through the, the entire season. I'm just saying his his numbers were average the first half of the season, and he's so, picked it up. He's picked up I mean, the second half. So tw 29 points in how many games was it? Is average? 41. 29 points in 41 games is average? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for a second-line center, that's 58 points a year. That's not spectacular, but he's more of a point a game now since then. 50, 58 points a year would be a career high for him. 
What does it tell you about Brock Nelson? Hold on. Hold on. It, it tells me one thing. Guess what? He's an Brock average Nelson. player. He's just a guy. He's a good second-line center. I'm not That's saying a he is 59 isn't. points, 60 points of a season from a second-line center is good. I have no issue with that. It's like he's just turned it on magically at the end of the year. It just that's not true. This is this is a career year for him. This is a yes. career year for him. That's correct. At 30 years old. Okay. So don't tell me that he's always been that player. He hasn't. But his game has certainly picked up the last 20 games. His, his production is very similar to what his production was in 2019-2020. Very similar. I'm looking at it right now. Very similar to the production. All right, we'll just disagree on him because I know you have a love affair with him. I just think that Islander fan base really overestimates how good he is. That's all. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. 63 and 82. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the year I'm talking about, right? This one right here. This is the first year under Barry Trotz. He had 53 points in 82 games. Then the year after, year two, 54 points. In the COVID shortened season, 68 games. That was a fantastic year for him. Right now, through 63 games, he's got 52 points. Very similar to what it was the year before. He'll have a, he'll have a career high this year, without Correct. a doubt. Correct. He scores more goals. Games. He has a higher shooting percentage by far in his whole career. Don't tell me that it's sustainable. He's not a 23% shooter. He's just not. I don't think he's going to play better next year. That's not what I'm no saying. Shit. Just... It's not. He's not capable of playing better. This is a this is his career year. This is his Casey Zizekas twenty goals in a season year. This, this is, is it for pinnacle. Brock Nelson. This is the pinnacle for Brock Nelson. Anybody absolutely. else who says it's not is blind. Right. Absolutely. I'm just saying he's a guy who was one of those players when when the season is over, he plays better. He plays better when there's less pressure on. He's always been like that. He always has been like that. And I'm not putting him down because he's a good he's a good two way center who has been fantastic under Barry Trotz, but he's not the be all end all. He's just not. Just end it. I'll say, and I said it before. I think it's a baseless claim. Last in 28, 19, 20, 20, 54 points in 68 games. We made the playoffs that year, but it's it is what it is. Um, we're not going to agree on that point. I think there are a lot of players that did have a light switch moment to where they just magically overnight started playing better. And I don't think necessarily he's one of them, but I think a lot of players you can look at and say, why did that happen? Why did Kyle Palmieri start to pick up his game and start playing a lot? Of why, why did that happen? Why is Josh Bailey now 13 points in the last 20 games? He's had a miserable season. This is probably the worst year he's had. And I'd say what the last five, seven years, this is one of the worst years Josh Bailey's had, you know, in quite recent miss a right white crease uh, in recent memory. I was going to say, I was about to say recent history. I'm like, that's not accurate. memory. I'm glad I didn't say that. Cause you'd be giving, shoot me dirty looks. Get a drink, get a drink. Grumpy old man. Take a breath. Here you go. Here's a drink. Grumpy. Here's for you, buddy. Chug the that fire hydrant. I didn't need a drink. Thank you. But yeah, I, I tell you, Josh Bailey's one of those players. I think Andrews Lee's one of those players. And guess what? One point in the last seven games. I'll just be very interested to see how these last 10 games go. That's all I'm going to say on that one. A huge point production, a little stretch. I'll be interested to see how that continues. Yeah, me too. Very interesting. That's all it was, girl. 
Yeah. I didn't know if you were trying to talk about Kyle Palmieri. I was kind of leaving that open for you to talk about Kyle Palmieri. If you no, want he's to. another guy. They're all the same. They're all just guys. There's nothing special about any of those players. None. We have a couple of special players on this team. Everybody else is replaceable. Everyone else. No one stands out. We have a couple of guys who are true standouts on this team. That's it. None of the guys you mentioned is one of those guys. Not even Brock Nelson. He's not one of those guys. You could say, oh, he's having a great year. I, I don't care. He's not a special player. He just isn't. If somebody offered me two first-round picks for Brock Nelson, I'd be crazy not to take it. For a guy who's going to be 31 next year, coming off a career year, man, I'm all in for trading him. They're not going to do it. I know they're not going to do it. They're going to do nothing in the offseason. Nothing. Like they do every year. Nothing. Hey, I'm, I'm adding up the point production that Kyle Palmieri's had in the last 20 games, essentially, again, since we've been eliminated from the playoff pitcher. And that, that's what I'm doing here, Grump. So if you, if you give me one second, yeah, I'll No problem. It. You can look up Brock Nelson's, too, because they've been, it's been it's over a point. Of, he's over a point a game guy now. All of a sudden, one of the league leaders in points per game. 23 points in 21 games. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All of a sudden, he's turned into Gretzky 2.0. Yeah, right. He got hot. At, he got hot at the same time as everybody else. They all had their little team meeting. Geez, fellas, I think about breaking a team up. We better step it up. <laughs> Lee, Bailey, Palmieri, Brise, all of them. We love it here. They don't want to go anywhere. Why would they? No accountability. It doesn't matter. You're automatically penciling the lineup. Zach Parisi, you think he's going to sit out a game next year? They just signed him to a contract extension. He's not going anywhere. Who are you going to move off the okay, team? But here, let me ask you this. <laughs> Zach Parise's played well this year. Come on. But what I'm saying is, you're saying that we want to bring in more offensive talent. Who are you going to get rid of? Everyone's you're, under long-term deals. You're going to get rid of the guys who have value and are young is what they're going to do. <gasps> That's okay. Here's the thing. You're not, it's not like you're going to say, oh, Matt Borden, you've kind of started to fall off a little bit. We're going to bring in Philip Forsberg, and he's going to fill in that role. Or, hey, Anthony Pavilion, we're going to bump you down to a fourth-line guy. That's not what's happening. It's not like we're getting rid of a guy. right? We've re-signed back Kyle Clutterbuck. You still have Matt Martin for another, what is it, two years left on his contract. It's not like you're saying, hey, Matt Martin, thanks so much for your service. Now we'll have a fourth-line spot open. Ross Johnson could fill in there. I, I mean, think about this. Over the last 20 games, I think Palmieri's played what sixty games this year, and the last twenty games, seven goals or seven goals, eight assists, so fifteen points over the last twenty games. Where was that production <laughs> when, when the season when we were actually fighting early on in the season and even towards the middle of the season, non-existent, non-existent. The whole team, the whole team was in that malaise. Well, that, that that that's my point. That's my point. There's a lot of these players, these older players who are vets, right? The vets, young players should be more susceptible to the ebbs and flows and more inconsistencies in their games. The veterans shouldn't be players that struggle with consistency. And I just find it oddly peculiar that he's another case and another player that says, oh, hold on a second. The season's over. I'm going to go ahead and turn on. I'm going to hit the light switch. Boom. I'm going to go ahead and put up 15 points in the last 20 games. Uh, okay, do I draw conclusions and say this is a guy who's been on a miserable, you know, New Jersey Devils team for years and years? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm finding the correlation. Okay, 
that's maybe how you want to go with that's fine. Maybe I'm finding the correlation of the Devils aren't in the playoffs all the time, and once the season's over for the Devils, he performs there well also. I'm saying maybe that's the correlation, bro. Okay, you can say that. I'm just going to say that, uh, well, whatever. Like I said, I'm just including Brock Nelson in that, in that well, thing. Hold on. That's exactly the point you're making. What, yeah. are you, what are you? I, that, that's you're right. That that's my point. That's my point. And to me, I don't put any stock into that for any of those guys. None of them. I'm sorry. I I'm just I just want to look to the future. This season's over, right? I want to look to the future. That's what I want to look for. I want the team to get better. I want us to compete for a Stanley Cup. That's what I want. That's all I want. Nothing else matters to me. I don't care if we make the eighth playoff spot and get bounced in the first round, or if we win a playoff round and then get beat. Because right now we're not competitive with the top teams in the Eastern Conference, not even close. We're Think about it. When we went away, we were 11 points out of a playoff spot. We come back and we're seven and four, and we're 15 points out of a playoff spot. Are you sure we're 11? I thought we were further out. I thought it was around 50. We're about around the same mark. No, we're 15 points out of playoff spot as we th- as we as we speak today. That that's correct. But I think we were around that spot when we left too. So nothing changed. Even though Grump, there's no way in hell we were 11 points out and now we're 15. That means that over the same stretch, let's say that Washington played those games, right? Because that was the team that we were closest to. That means Washington would have had to go nine and two over that stretch, which they didn't. So it was around we're around the same exact mark of where we were before. Because nope. the Washington Capitals are six and four, we're six and four in the last ten. So we're about fifteen points out. If I'm just, you know, one thing I can tell you is that every team that's in the playoff uh, picture has more goals for than goals against. Every single one, and it's all by a huge margin. Every single one is like thirty plus. And the Islanders, I think, with their last game, just just zero. just got out of the negatives. They're okay. They're zero now. Okay, gotcha. So they just they just broke even. Good. I mean, I mean, I'm happy to see the performance at the end of the year, but where was this play and where was this effort that earlier on in the season? I don't know. It hasn't. It's been. I, I mean, I saw it in preseason. I said it before the season started. No, you're the one who said no. They can turn the switch on. I'm like, I don't think so. And who was right again? That's right. It was me. That's I'll answer odd, the question for you. That's, because an odd, that's an odd and shitty callback to what we talked about in the preseason to say, okay, I was right about it. Yeah, okay, you were. I, well, you just asked I'm, me, where was it? You asked me, where was this at the beginning of the season? I told you it wasn't there. And you insist, oh, they're just going to turn it on. Doesn't mean anything. I said, they look miserable. Okay, thanks for saying that you told me it wasn't there. Why wasn't it? I, my question was, where was this? Not They just figured, hey. I read my newspaper clippings. We're the favorites to get to the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, guess what? That's, that's the answer good. to my question. Thank you. The, yeah. the first little, the first time you threw it, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I asked, where was this at the beginning of the season, Grandpa? Thank you. So they read, you think they're reading into the news clippings a little much, and they said, I, okay. I think, the, I think the veterans on this team are fat, dumb, and happy. That's what I think. That's what I think. When they were threatened with maybe moving some guys over the deadline, they stepped it up. That's what I think actually happened. They've been playing in this system, on this team, their whole careers with no threat of getting benched, no threat of getting traded. They're just here every year. It's like the beer league. And all of a sudden, they got a threat at the end. Oh, geez, we better pick it up. That's that's how the Rangers used to play back in the 1970s, the fat cat Rangers. 
My dad used to say all the time, those fat cat Rangers. That's how he became an Islander fan because he couldn't stand watching the Rangers with all that talent, just loaf through, float through, play like a bunch of pussycats and get bounced out in the first or second round of the playoffs. Couldn't stand it. You look at the Islanders, always blood and guts all the time. These guys are fat, dumb, and happy right now. I think that's the problem with the team. Until you move, until you have a heart transplant on this team, I don't think we're going to win anything. That's what the team needs. You need to blow out the veterans, bring in some new fresh blood. That's how you do it. You reinvigorate the team. I was about to ask you, how do you think we do that? But I I already know the answer. <laughs> and you kind of hit that now. So you're saying you're going to have to blow everything up. Either that or you Not, have to have a radical change. If you move four or five guys off of this team, it sets a tone for everybody else. Veterans, not young guys, veterans. That gets everybody on their toes. Let, let me ask you this. Right? We talk about it, but is it just maybe because we've also mentioned this plenty of times. We mentioned this all, all last offseason, and I think we're going to be mentioning it and asking the same question this offseason. Is it is it not so much the effort isn't there? Is it that the players are too old and unable to put forth the effort because they can't do it over an 82 game stretch now that they're all in their thirties. Is it more that, or is it the fat cat? I think it's one of the two. I think it could even be a combination of both. I think it's a combination of both. And here's the thing early in the year, I just thought we all got old until I saw it two weeks before the deadline. I, like I said, I'm not a big believer in coincidence two weeks before the deadline. All of a sudden, everybody picks their game up. All the veterans start playing like they did two years ago. That's a, and I said it, at that time, I have a problem with that. I really have a problem with that. Look at the last six games. What's Lee and Nelson done in the last six games? Three points for Nelson, one point for Lee. I'm just well, saying, I, look at the numbers. Yeah, I'd even argue. What is it? I thought Lee's only got one point in the last seven games. Okay, so. but I'm just saying the last six because Nelson has three points in the last six games. So I just went the last six. How many points does Nelson have in the last seven games? Probably, I don't know. I okay, just so he's got, he's got, he's got, a <laughs> I just looked at six. I looked at six because like I said, he scored a bunch of, go a bunch of points in that six and that 17 game stretch or that 15 game stretch, a bunch of goals and assists. Now we settle back down again. He's always been a streaky guy too. Not as streaky as Bavillier, but he's always been a guy when he's hot, he's hot. That's why it's called Brocktober, right? Because he's great in October. Then he tails off the rest of the year. Maybe he has a little spurt some other time. Oh my God! If he played every month, how the hell are we bring it back up, Brock Nelson? I thought we he, put that to bed and we buried that I'm for the day. If he played every game like it was October, he'd be uh, a Hart Trophy candidate every year. It's he'd be Wayne Gretzky. Game. He'd be Wayne Gretzky, right, Grump? But I know his game. I'm not surprised by that. All you have to do is, if you've watched the Islanders long enough, you know exactly what all these guys are because they've been there forever. That's what I'm saying. They're the same guys they've always been, except Brock Nelson has a higher shooting percentage this year. That's the only difference. That's why he's got 33 goals. Good for him. I hope he gets 40. I think, he, well, I don't know if he'll get 40, but he'll be close. But he's tailed off here at the end. I'm just saying. I mean, we have a whole bunch of guys on the team like that. I want to win Stanley Cups. That's all I want. I want to be a Florida, a Carolina, a Tampa Bay. Those are the teams that are going to be contending for Stanley Cups, a Colorado. Those are the type of teams I want to be at that level. This team is not at that level. I want us to get there. That's all I want. I just think for people to say, this team can win a Stanley Cup, I'm sorry. It's 
how many years do you have to see them get beat to realize that it's not the case? And another thing is too, I always say temper your expectation fans. I have been a sucker for this off season after off season, always thinking that there is a grandiose plan in mind and we do absolutely nothing. So, or very limited, you know, signing Zach Parise and Zidane Ochara and trading away Andrew Ladd and, uh, <laughs> and Nick Letty, right? Every single season, I thought this is the year we finally make the big splash. We make a bold move to really improve the team. And we never do. So for the I fans heard. that are going in, the fans that are going in this offseason thinking, not only are we going to go ahead and add a bona fide top four defenseman, we're also going to add a bona fide top top line sniper or a top six forward, I would say you might want to pump the brakes a bit. I've been caught up in that as well. We've never done that under Lou Lamarillo. Our best free agent signing in the history of the Islanders has been Andrew Ladd. Yep. So always just make sure we temper that with a little bit, you know, of uh, <laughs> temper the expectations a bit. Maybe you're able to trade for a good defenseman. And I, Phil, do you really think Phil Forsberg's going to sign here? I don't know. I heard Miss Mickelson last night talking about Josh Bailey because he had the two goals. He's trying to show management that, you know, he really wants to stay here next year. And I'm like, oh, God, I hate when, I hate when people say that. Because it's like, so now that the season's coming to a close, you want to justify your existence? After you've been with the organization for 13 years, you want to justify why you're an invaluable piece and need to be kept here going forward. Yeah, Josh Bailey. Just and but here's the he's not the only guy. It they're all the same. But now you're seeing the Malays suck onto the other players, Matt Barzell. I mean, been, who are the bright been, spots? I want to talk about the bright spots this year. Yeah, Matt Barzal has been. We don't talk. I you very rarely catch us talking negatively about Matt Barzal, but I think there is reason to talk <laughs> negatively about him now. As much as I want to say, yeah, maybe you know the life's been sucked out of him. Maybe he doesn't like playing for the system, which I think are all true. You're a professional. I you know here's the thing, right? I get it. You don't like him. I would much as personally, I'd much rather you bust your ass out there and speak to the public and like, yeah, I don't like that. I know they don't. I know players don't do that, or very few players do. But I would rather them be more forthright with what they're thinking and still put the effort on the ice instead of dogging it occasionally at times and not showing the same feist. But yeah, there are positives. Noah Dobson's, I think, been, I think he's been, you talk about the biggest improvement this season. I think it's been Noah Dobson, hands down. And I do love when I hear on the telecast that. Noah Dobson has played so well this year and he's performed so well and grown so well because Zidane Char is his partner. That's the reason. That. That's the reason Noah Dobson has played well. It's because Big Z is his partner. I agree with that because he's been playing defense all by himself the whole year. He's had to <laughs> he's, get better, trial by fire. He, he's, been he's, playing, the, he's, been, he's been playing a permanent penalty kill. He's the best defenseman on the team. He is the best defenseman all around on this team. Period. Period. Anybody who tells you any different is dumb. Phil's facts is telling me different. Well, there you go. That just proves my point. <laughs> uh, it, that's why he and Pellick should be together on the same. They should be the first pairing. I don't care that Pulak is played with Pellick. I don't care. The two best guys should play most of the minutes. They're the two best. 
Dobson plays, he is a leading minute guy now, and he should be. He is the best overall defenseman on this team right now. He brings an element that no one else on the team has, that offensive element, that the ability to see the ice, make the first pass out of the zone, the ability to rush up the ice and create offense all by himself. Adam Pella can't do that. Not even close. He's a defensive defenseman who can occasionally chip in, occasionally, like once every 10, 15 games. That's his strength. He's a defensive defenseman. Noah Dobson's a total package. It's what we were hoping we were going to get from Ryan Pulak, but have not. He's yeah. not as good. That's why Ryan Pulak should be on the second pair with another uh, top four defenseman and a good one, not some cheapy fly-by-night Zdeno Chara fill-in playing on the second pairing, a real top-notch second pairing guy. Then your top two units are going to be stellar, absolutely stellar with Sorokin and Net. right? Your bottom pairing can be a Hutton, a Sallow, an Ajo, or whatever, even another cheap veteran if you want to bring in a cheap veteran to mix up the minutes. They don't have to play a whole lot of minutes. That would make this team so much better because we're still going to be a defensive team, right? But our defense needs to be better. No more Andy Greens. No more Zidane Chars. We need guys who can skate out there. That's what this team needs. I think that and moving some of the dead wood out of the forward group, we could be right in the mix. Right now we're not there because Barry Trotz is a good coach. You know, I beg on him sometimes, but if we had the right pieces, I think this team could be right back up there. But the window is small, really, really tight. Did you, did I just, you, I'm flabbergasted. This goes against pretty much everything you always say. Not true. I've been saying the same things forever. No one wants to listen. No. (laughs) Crump, you just said if we had the right pieces. Yeah, but we don't, but we don't make any moves. That's the whole thing. We never, we don't make a move. We so roll the same guys out every year. You think adding a top four defenseman, adding a top six forward, then we're back in the mix being a, a Stanley Cup contender? I almost say we need two top six forwards and we need to get rid of three forwards and a top four defenseman, a, a, a good one, not <laughs> like not a Chara, the last guy on the free agent ro- uh, rotisserie wheel. Okay, well, thank you very much. Coming back at 50 years old. Well, that's answered my question. Grumpy old man needs to see the Tampa Bay Lightning out there on the ice and Barry Trotz is the coach for us to have a chance to be a Stanley Cup. No, that's not the Tampa Bay Lightning. Us needing to add two two legitimate top six forwards and a legitimate top four defenseman. Grump. Why not? Why not go for it? If you're going to go for it, go for it. If you're going to go for it, go for it. do anything like that. Do you think we could... In the same offseason, bringing two bona fide top six forwards and a top four defenseman. He hasn't made a trade in four years. Uh, so you think he's all been saving up for this offseason? Maybe. I'm hoping. <laughs> but wait, I'm serious. But I'm serious. Let's say you get a Forsberg, right, as a free agent and bring in a trade for another t- uh, top six. Jacob Chikrin. Jacob Chikrin, you think? Okay. If you bring up Jacob Chikrin to team with Ryan Pulak, I like that pairing. Why? Because Pulak is more of a defensive player as opposed to Chikrin. I have no problem with that. Let me let me ask you this: in your wildest, craziest dreams, we've talked about this before, right? We've gone down this. You've you've walked. You're walking down the stairs on Christmas morning. The Christmas trees lit up. 
tr- presence of plenty. You open up the biggest box there is. And I think that for Islander fans is bringing in Jacob Chikrin in some capacity, trading for him and signing Philip Forsberg as an unrestricted free agent, right? And we're able to do both of those moves. And Josh Bailey is shipped to Siberia. He's shipped somewhere else. He's moved to Arizona in the Jacob Chikrin trade, right? Best case scenario for the Islanders. Do you think those two moves alone make us a Stanley Cup contender? So it's so it's Chikrin and another forward. No, no, no. Chikrin and Philip Forsberg. That's it. No, we need that's, another. That's, we that's need another that forward. is. I think that's the best case scenario for the Islanders. I that is. I'm talking about the best case scenario. I think we need another forward. I no, think no, no, we no, need okay, another okay, forward. I, in my scenario, right, Grumpy. Okay, this, I, this I'll say that. We'll make the let's, playoffs let's, next let's year. Let's think somewhat reasonable. Yeah, I was about to say, somewhat I, reasonable. You think the okay. most optimistic, reasonable expectation you can have, most optimistic, and I mean most optimistic, is signing Philip Forsberg and bringing in Jacob Chikrin. And I was asking, do you think we'll be a Stanley Cup contender if we do those two things? I don't know if we're a Stanley Cup contender, but we're certainly contender to make the playoffs. I think we're shooing to make the playoffs. I don't think we win a Stanley Cup with those two players. Out That's of what I'm saying. You need two of them. You need two. And here's the thing, right? That's why you have to move some salary off. Chicken's chicken's pretty affordable right now. He's he's, he's very affordable right now. He's right? going to be very expensive though too. But if you could move, you know, and it might mean that you have to give up. But let's say Bavilia has to be part of that, right? There's another four million dollars in cap savings, as well as the five million for uh, for Bailey. They have they have the money. They have the money. They can do it. They're you know, money. but you have to be creative. You got to be smart. Is Lou Lamarillo, you know? With it enough to do that, that I don't know, but it can be done. You have to be willing to do it. Realistically, what a trade for Jacob Chikrin is, just so you'll kind of have that real. I think it's going to be a lot. You're going to be giving up a first this year, maybe a first next year. I think you'd probably have to give up a guy like Robin Sallow. You're probably going to have to give up a guy who's a young. You maybe have to give up an Atu Ratu. You might have to give up a guy like that of that type of ilk and caliber. They're looking for young prospects. I don't think they're looking for a guy like Anthony Bavillier. I don't think they're looking for a guy. You don't like think they take Anthony Bavillier? They still they still have to fill that three thousand seat arena. You know, <laughs> it's going to be tough to fill that three thousand seat arena. I heard too. <laughs> but I mean, let's let's say Bavillier, uh, Bailey. Um, okay, they're not going to take Bailey. Bailey's well, no. like them, taking Bailey is them doing us a favor. Well, but here's the thing. They need to get to the salary cap floor. That's an issue for them. He's only making $3 million cash next year, but his cap number is five. That's beneficial to them. It means they're not having the three, they're only having a $3 million expenditure, but going 5 million towards the cap. That should be appealing to them. I think it would be, particularly for the NHL run. They don't want to spend any money on Arizona, obviously. So why not trade? It's only $3 million cash and you're getting a $5 million hit. What's wrong with that? I think that's beneficial to them. Anthony Bavillier, $4 million a year, and somebody who could probably play on their top line there. Robin Sallow, young developing defenseman. No problem at all moving him. Why? Because you are your top four is set. Your top four is set. Chikrin, Pulak, Pelik, Dobson. I don't want Chikrin with Dobson, though. That's a bad match. It's a bad mix. But if you put them that way, the team is really good on the back end then. Really good. And you backfill a bottom pair with a Hutton, an Ajo, some other cheap veteran that you could bring in because the minutes are going to be down. Green won't be back. I cannot imagine Chara coming back. 
Maybe we'll resign him back on a one-year deal because he's done such wonders for 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 Noah Dobson. Maybe he can help mentor another defenseman. But the whole thing is, do you think you can convince Phil Forsberg to come in on a free agent deal? See, that I'm not sure. I don't believe that. Dude, Chikrin is going to cost probably a first, if not two first. He's going to cost a young – he's going to cost prospects. He's going to cost an NHL-ready guy. He is going to cost an arm and a freaking leg. So you know what you do? You trade him a lottery-protected first-round pick next year. That's part of the deal. They're going to want a first round this year, and they're probably going to want a first round next year too. They have a whole bunch of draft picks, though. Already. That's 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 my point. That because they want draft picks. No, I don't. Know. <laughs> they're going to want a first this year, and they're probably going to want a first next year for a guy like Jacob Chikrin. They're also, I mean, seriously, think about the asking price. He's a guy who's very affordable. His contract, what is the cap? It's like four million a year. Yeah, four and a half. How many years left? Two or three years left on the contract? Yeah, something like that. Three, I think. Three years left on the contract of four million per. And again, I know he hasn't played great this season, but you're talking about a guy who, you know, if he's put in the right situation, who could be, hey, I'm, I'm a guy who's worked my way into a top 20 defenseman in the NHL, making four, four and a half million a year over the next three years. And on our team, again, you're going to learn how to play defense. You're going to be beat the hell out of the, <laughs> to learn how to be, you know, more effective defensemen. And, and you know, I, I'm just saying you're going to have to probably give up a first, if not two first. You're going to have to give up a guy of the Anthony Bavilia younger type. You'll probably have to give up a Sallow. And if it's not a Bavilia, it may be a guy like Wallstrom. <laughs> Seriously, could you see could you see us doing something like a first round this year, which is going to be probably the lottery. It's going to be in lottery slot. Who knows where the pick's going to be? Probably like in the mid teens, mid to late, to, mid to mid to early teens. You're going to be giving up maybe a first or a, you know maybe a lottery protected first next year. A guy like Robin Sal. I'm not, not, I'm not giving up two, two first round picks for Jacob Chikrin. That's what they're going to want. They well, have I don't care what they want. Nobody's going to give them two first-round picks and three young players. It's not going to happen. He's just not that good. Robin Sallow is not a great prospect. Robin Sallow is okay. a good prospect. He's and an he's, he's hold on. He's an okay prospect. He's twenty-four years old. Okay, it's his first year in in the NHL uh, in the North American system. First year. I'm saying he's an okay prospect, right? When you're ranking prospects, Robin Sallow is not a guy who's top fifty. Just not the case. You don't have a top 50 prospect besides a guy like Atu Ratu, right? You give up. We'd, we're we not a team like that who could say, oh, we're, we're, we're a team of Boston's ilk, and we can give up a guy who's maybe a top 20 prospect, and we can give up a guy. Like, I'm just throwing them out there. No, it's not a scenario for him. But we don't have top prospects to separate with. We've got one guy who's a top prospect on a list, and that's Atu Ratu. Do you think he's going away in a deal with them? Maybe. Maybe Atu Ratu has to be a part of that deal. Do you feel comfortable giving up a first yes. this year? I got like Atu Ratu plus. First of all, it would not be a first this year. It would be a lottery-protected first next year. I'm not giving up a lottery pick for him. That's not happening. But here's the thing. You're talking about giving them three young players who would automatically start on their team, and I'm throwing Josh Bailey in because that helps them get to the salary cap where it's beneficial to them, and a lottery-protected first-round pick in 2023? Absolutely. I mean, that's an awful lot. You're going to have three guys or four guys who might even start on their team next year. And you're going to tell me they're not going to do that for, I mean, pennies on the dollar. Salo makes nothing. Ratu makes nothing. Bailey makes five. Bavillier makes four. Salo makes. Can we take a second? Just think about it. Jacob Chikrin's a guy who historically, right, year in, year out, is a guy who's playing, you know, he was on, he had 41 points in 56 games last year. He's a guy 
it put in the right situation. And when he's able to stay healthy over an 82 game season, he's putting up on average about 50, 60 points as a defenseman. Those type of players don't grow on trees. Who's a top four defenseman points, get you paid and points get a drive the trade value of a player up. A guy like Robin Sal is 24 years old and has played 10 fucking games in the NHL. That's yeah. not a guy they're saying, this is the perfect, this is a good prospect. They're saying, uh, he's 24. If he's so freaking good, why is he not playing for your team? If he's so good, or if Robin Sallow is so good, why is he not getting a chance right now when Scott can, Mayfield's at? Why can't, why can't you find a spot for Robin Sallow out there on the ice? Okay, here's the thing. Because the Islanders are a good defensive team, Arizona's not. That's the difference. Anytime you're trained for an Islander defenseman who's been trained in that system, automatically he gets up higher grades. He's only been there for one play year. Defense. He's only been on our system for one year, though. So it's not, I don't think it's, you know, the apples to apples on it. I think he's yeah. an okay prospect. He's not good. He's an okay prospect. A guy like Anthony Bavilli, I think, has some value, but okay. Anthony Bavilli's proven himself to be wildly inconsistent over his career. Everything wow. they were asking for, they were asking for those pie in the sky prices at the trade deadline they didn't even get a sniff it was so bad that they said no he's not even on the trade block do you really believe that do you no because they made such a ridiculous uh demands that he wasn't movable i think if the Islanders make a demand like that why not why not they, he was also I mean, injured he was also injured at the deadline and so thing, he was he at the a, deadline on March 16th. He was injured for four. He was going to be injured for at least the next month. He was going to be out for. So that maybe also had a reason. He was going to be out for two to four weeks, which I think also affected that trade value. He's had no trade value this year because they've asked him for too much. And he's been poor this year. That's why his value isn't what it should be. What they should do is hold him. Hopefully he rebounds and then move him to the next deadline. That's what they should do. I don't know if they will. That's what they should do because his value is. I mean, he was not good this year. He was terrible. You you expect the team to say, oh, look at this guy's number. He's a minus 500, uh, got two goals and nine assists and, you know, really blows. But, yeah, uh, I'm going to give a couple of first-rounders, you know, some young prospects, throw everything for a guy like this who's on our team as a second-pairing defenseman. No. No. And isn't it, if it's not Jacob Chikrin, there's somebody else out there. The Kraken have a boatload of left-handed defensemen who are not able to play on that team. Why not take another run at Vince Dunn? Why not? Do you have we did we even really take a legitimate run at Vince Dunn? Well, let's take a run at Vince Dunn. Tell me he's not a good tell me he's not a good fit with Ryan Pulak. And once again, I'm putting it with Pulak because for me, Pellick and Dobson is your first pairing. Oh, some music. Yeah, I was trying to pull up what the rumors were because I I saw a lot of shit being thrown out there. The the asking price is high on Chikrin. I think it's going to remain high. Uh, but I wanted to show you this before we get to our ad. I want to show you this grumpy old man. Now remember I said about like month month and a half ago when Phil no. was on the podcast, I said Noah Dobson. The price on a guy like Noah Dobson, if you wanted to re-sign him, right? I would have no problem signing him to an eight-year deal at six, seven million per. The Athletic released their article here. And let me actually do this. Let me see if I can zoom the hell out of this, Grump. Now, James yeah. Eagles, I appreciate this. Now, this was here. You'll see the market value. They've got estimated market value on the Athletic for, for 8.4 no million. 8.4 million. Yep. That's right. 8.4 million. This year. Yep. This year. 
I'd be more than happy. I would salivate at giving him a six or even a $7 million a year deal at eight years. Salivate. I don't think they're not going to do it because they want to be able to maximize the cap they've got in the short term. So they're not going to, but I'm just saying, right. You talk about the long-term success of the team. That's a deal. That's going to reap your benefits long-term. If you were to make a deal like that, sure. It might hurt a little bit in the short term, long-term it'd be beneficial though. Yeah. I think they'll try to do a four-year deal with him or maybe a two or three-year deal, some type of bridge. He's going to make at least $4 million a year though. Yep. I think maybe at a two least. or three-year deal, maybe four, four and a half million a year. And then when the next contract comes up, he's going to be getting paid 11 or $12 million a year, guys. Let, let that be a reality, right? And if you sign him to a three-year deal now, if you want to re-sign him back later, you're going to be paying him 11 or $12 million a year. Just let that sink in because that's where you're looking at in about three years. Could you imagine what he would be like on a team like Florida or Carolina? He might put up he a might put up game. eight points a year. Point a game, a point a game type player, no doubt. That's, Especially on that power on the really good power plays, he'd be a point a game type of guy. He puts the shots on net. The same thing we thought with again, no what uh, with Devontae's a little different. Devontae's a little different. I think Devontae's right. You compare where Noah Dobson is right now at this moment to where Devontae's when we let when we let him go. Devontae's, I think, was a little bit higher than where I think Noah Dobson is at the moment. I think the ceiling's higher for Noah Dobson, but you've seen what he's able to do in Colorado on, on a system that is more catered to his his style of play. Tate. Noah Dobson, if he played on a team that was more styled to his play, would put up about a point a game. I do believe that. Taves is 25. Dobson's 21. Yeah, There's exactly. a big difference. At 21, Taves was still in the NCAAs. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, to me, and here's the thing. Dobson's a better overall defenseman than Devon Taves. Just is. He can play defense. Hold on. Did you say right now Dobson's a better overall defenseman than I would take him over Devon Taves right now. Okay, maybe for the long term I would. If I'm, well, I'm talking about. Year, if I'm taking talking one year, I'm taking Devon Taves this year than than Noah Dobson this year. What kind of points you think he put up if he was in Colorado? Noah Dobson? Probably 75, 80 points. You think? I think that's possible. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. I'm On not sure team, this year if it's possible, but I think next year it's possible. What's he got? Almost 50 points for this team? For this team, he's got almost 50 points. Think about that. On this team, imagine what he'd be like on a team that could score. He's got 41 points in 70 games, no doubt. Okay. Sure. But look at his numbers after, you know, December. They've been well, unbelievable. More time on the ice definitely has helped. But again, like I if I'm taking the one year, I'm taking a guy. I'd rather have Devontae for one year than I would Noah Dobson. No, just this year. I think long term, I think again, ceiling's much higher for a guy like Noah Dobson is Devontae's. But get ready to pay Dobson if you don't give him a long-term deal this time period. You can take the approach of the Torontos. You can take the approach of the Colorado Avalanche. You could take the approach of what a lot of these teams are doing with young, talented players and pay them a little less than what market value is now and give them an eight-year deal. And here's the thing. Honestly, if you wanted to sign Noah Dobson to an eight-year deal, he probably would want to be closer to eight or nine million a year. I do believe that. Like what, what is, what's McCarr making? I was about to say, he'll want similar, maybe a little less than what McCarr's making. Nine and a half. McCarr makes nine and a half. He'll probably, if he wanted to sign an eight-year deal, he probably would want eight. If, if McCarr's making nine and a half, Dobson would probably want eight. If I'm Dobson's agent, I'd say, I need $8 million a year. I would be fine. I'd be elated if you can get him on six or seven million a year. Elated. But they wouldn't do that. McCarr is a better offensive player, but Dobson's a better defensive player than McCarr. 
Yep. And I think Dobson's built to be a more successful playoff caliber defenseman than Kale McCarr is as well. He's big. He's people forget how big he is. He's still a little soft in areas than what I would like him to be. He's 21. He's 21 and he can't even grow a beard yet. I know. I know. Trust me. I, I, I'm just saying right now he's still a little soft in areas. I, I don't think he'll have that issue long term. He's a guy who's still growing into his body. I think the ceiling for him is unbelievably high. And please lock him up long term. Who was the prospect everybody was trying to trade for last year and the year before? No adoption. And who was the prospect or who was the player that two months ago people said, throw him in on a deal as an added piece if you're trying to trade for a guy like Chikrin? Oh, that's fine. We could throw Dobson in as a little added piece for a guy like Jacob Chikrin. We could throw him in as a little sweetener. Throw him in as a sweetener. Trade away Noah Dobson. I'm just trying to draw the comparison between what people are saying about Dobson before he broke out and Oliver Wallstrom. To me, Oliver Wallstrom's a no move right now. There's no way you move a 21-year-old sniper. Sorry. I don't care that Barry Trotz doesn't like him uh, or whatever the reason why he doesn't play a full shift out there. The kid's got ability, and he's got a lethal shot. Those guys are needed in this league. We don't have any. We have none on this team. That being said, Grump, before we get to the second half of this podcast where we start looking at comments, we got an ad to read from DraftKings hockey fans. Feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports but the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands of DraftKings daily fantasy hockey contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. See the notes in the description for additional details. You know what I like? What Are you eating? Skittles. They went back to the original formula, which instead of having the apple stupid apple shits that they've been doing for years went back to the lime for the green perfect you eating what are you getting skittles from grumpy i got a bag of skittles because i'm going to see an advanced viewing tonight of uh the fantastic beast movie at midnight what's the fantastic beast it's like a harry potter spinoff oh secrets of dumbledore the secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully we don't interrupt you too much, Grumpy Old Man, from the Skittle Breaks. But we're going to get to start reading some comments, Grumpy. All right. Um, uh, yes, I get a lot of welcome backs. Thank you, guys. Uh, Nick D says, TJ, is your brain still in Great Britain? Yeah, my brain's still over in the UK. That's for certain. I'm sure uh, we'll hear more about your trip tomorrow on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. Yeah, yeah. And Frankie saying, hey, the boys are back in town. What's up, Frankie? Brandon Gaines saying, so the podcast started 
after 820. Gee, I wonder why. It's probably Grumpy. Grumpy's the reason why. Uh, yeah. Jack Wolston. Now, Grumpy, Jack W., as you remember, uh, longtime listener of the show, he's actually from the UK. So what we did is we had a little transfer. That's when he's over in the US right now. He's visiting the central of the country. And I went over to the UK. So we did a little switcheroo. Mark saying, What's up? What's up, Mark? Brett W saying also, what's up? Frank K saying, exciting game last night. The refs did everything they could to give the penguins that game. Too bad uh there was nothing at stake. Yeah, I said I just saw saw um overtime in the shootout. Uh, I knew when it went to shootout, there was no way we were losing. Well, well, here, here's the thing, too. You look at it. They did call that penalty against Anthony Bavillier. Man, that was... Uh, it was I, I'd say it's a little weak, no? A little weak. A little weak. Yeah, I think that's pretty nice. I mean, they gave him... They did a makeup call, though. They did a makeup call immediately thereafter. I'm talking immediately thereafter, Grump. And it's... <laughs> But it's now, if you ask, didn't the guy get fired for that? For saying the makeup call? You know, oh, yeah, we did a makeup call. Didn't he get fired for that? I thought that didn't exist in the NHL. Not, not a makeup. I, I can't honestly, I can't remember what the hell the guy said, but I'll let you look at it. And it was one of those where it's the the, the penguin steps on the puck and they thought it was a trip by Anthony Bavilia here, and clearly it was not. <laughs> He, he's got the puck underneath him, Grump. Uh, so yeah, it was not a penalty. They they screwed up, and once they called it, they weren't they weren't going back on it. So dubious at best. Uh, be dubious. Um, Didn't Angelo, hurt. Angelo M says, "Welcome back, boys. What's up, Angelo? BP saying here, welcome back, fellas. We missed you. Thanks, B. We appreciate it, BP. Um, Jeremy F saying, welcome back, fellas. Happy Wednesday night. Hope you had a great trip to the UK and all the best on tonight's show. Thanks, there, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Had a great time. Emmanuel R saying, where the hell uh, were you guys? Um, yeah. And then uh, Mark A saying, have you been? We've been good. We've been good. What's up, Brian B? And my deepest condolences, Grump. Got a lot of condolences. Sorry to hear that, Grump. And a lot of a lot of sorries. And D-Cut there. Trying- D-Cut. The return of D-Cut saying, so sorry for your loss there, Grumpy. Thank you so much. Everyone, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Really do. Absolutely. Yes, I'll just start popping those up there. And uh, yeah, obviously, we're happy to be back, guys. And, um, you know, it's it's odd. You know, it's 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 weird. This is the first time that Grump and I had taken more than, uh, I'd say, a week long break ever. We've been pot. We've been doing this podcast, just you and I just for shits and giggles for what, four or five years since Doug Waite. And uh <laughs> It's the first yeah. time we'd taken more than a week long break. I mean, like sometimes they've been like, hey, we missed two podcasts, but that was I'm talking about the maximum. So this is, you know, we were gone like was it almost like we missed five podcasts? Three weeks. It was three hot. weeks. It was three weeks. Oh yeah. That's right. I was gone a while. Shit. That's right. Three weeks from today, three weeks ago from today was our last podcast of this show for the TJ and the grumpy old man. It was the Sunday before that. Wow. It was a long time. It's been a while. George P saying, when's the banner raising ceremony for Bailey? Two goals in a game makes him, you know, a lock for the Islanders Hall of Fame. I, you know, I, I'd, I'd say so. I'd say that maybe you're on to something. Maybe you're on to something. Um, and uh, oh, Matthew S. there saying, how's the trip, TJ? It was great. We'll talk about it a lot more tomorrow when more of a freewheeling. But uh, we're going to talk more Islanders for certain. Um, Emmanuel R. said, what would be the most shocking move? You could see happening this summer. Islanders making a trade. The most shocking. shocking move. I think I, I alluded to it earlier. There's two things. You would bring in 
you'd bring in somehow Chikrin and you don't have to pay an arm and a leg. Maybe if they've screwed the pooch on it, who knows? And you're able to, to sign uh, Philip Forsberg on a reasonable deal. Those are the two best case scenarios for the Islanders. And I'm talking about that. You waking up on Christmas morning and everything's perfect. I and don't see I don't, it happening. I still don't think that's enough to make us a Stanley cup contender. I think it makes us a playoff caliber team. Does oh, it, absolutely. It does. To win the playoffs. Probably not, people but I, forget, I don't think it's happening. So that's a whole people, different story. People forget how difficult the Eastern conference is and the teams at the top. It's like a real, you know, haves and have nots. I mean, can you guess where we are right now? We're at the top of the have nots. I mean, really yes. we are. We're like the Kings of the suck teams. We're the Kings of the surfs. Yeah. I mean, but you know, you think about it, Toronto, Boston, Florida, Tampa Bay, they're like guaranteed playoff spots. I know you want to say Detroit, no. um, but then on, you know, in our division, Carolina, the Rangers aren't going anywhere anytime soon. I hate to say it. Pittsburgh is still, I mean, over a hundred points already. And maybe Washington is a team we could beat out. Maybe. I mean, I'm we're 15 points behind them. It's a lot of points to make up. We're not, and for all the UK listeners, we're not royalty, but we're an Earl or a Duke. I learned the differences that. And then what I want to bring up really quickly, I stayed at an Airbnb or a, a bed and breakfast. Now listen to this. And the guy didn't have in Scotland, didn't have a Scottish accent, kind of sounded like he was from New York a bit. I'm like, asked him, I said, where are you from? He's from New York. He grew up on Long Island. He grew up and he's a fucking Ranger fan. I'm Whoa. like, oh my God, what are the odds that across the, you know, uh, <laughs> in a different country, I stay at a bed and breakfast, a guy from Long Island who is a freaking Rangers fan. So him and I got into it, obviously playful banter over there a few times, but I did think it was odd that you ran into a Rangers, diehard Rangers fan over there. Shooters Puck also saying, yeah, glad we missed you guys. Condolences grumpy as well. Um, UBS was an amazing experience. The ice was very smooth. Okay. So there we go. Let it, let it be said. The ice is smooth. We lost three to three to two, but I scored on the Islanders ice. Pitcher soon. Send pitchers, shooters, puck hockey. Actually, I almost wish he hadn't have said the ice was good because that means we just got some clumsy ass skaters on this team. <laughs> and other teams just maybe the people who sharpen the skates do something crazy. And yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Send us those pictures, those shooters, puck. Um, and let me ask you, yeah. Uh, yeah, no more games left on the West Coast. Absolutely. Are you suggesting the Islanders will make the Stanley Cup Finals? Probably not. Probably not. Maybe their announced team will continue in the playoffs. Brendan does a good job. I think he's good. And what's up, Tommy B? Had a great vacation. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Emmanuel R. There saying, do you guys do in uh, an uh, Islanders never say that NHL challenge? But maybe we will. Oh, by the way, by the by. I know we're late, but I really want to do a fantasy baseball league. So I'm in. I'm in. I was about to say, uh, you might be hearing about that tomorrow on Teaching the Grumpy Man. <laughs> we might be doing that tomorrow on Teaching the Grumpy Old Man um, and, and mentioning that again. But we want to try to do a fantasy baseball league. <laughs> if you're interested, let us know in the comments below. I know the season's already started, but we're, we're looking to do that. Um, go ahead, Grump. Only one weekend. I just figured yeah. you'd be going on. I figured I have a Enough now, time this comment I like. some skittles. Brian P said TJ couldn't sleep, so he talked to Phil 
I did. I did have. I did have some. I did. My sleep schedule is all screwed up the first few days, and it kind of still is a bit. So I had to talk to Phil a bit, and he helped get that thing straightened out. The NHL continues to suck the nuts for Pittsburgh. For certain, I do. On a serious note, condolences, Grumpy. There Be- begins there. We appreciate it. Uh, Manuel said, "Do you think that uh, PK Subban uh, should have been suspended for attacking Oliver Wallstrom?" I didn't see the game, but I'm going to say yes because I don't like Subban and I do like Wallstrom. <laughs> oh, that's right. I didn't, I didn't see it. There's so much that has happened. Um, that let me pull up. The, let me see if I could find the the short clip of that. But um, yeah, it was a uh, it was a hit that Wallstrom Wallstrom laid on Hughes and PK Subban did go after him. Like a let's see here. It wasn't honestly the hit wasn't that violent, but that's the NHL nowadays. You're not allowed to body check anyone, or you're going to get jumped. I I long for the old days where you know what you had to be tough to play the game. If a little guy got hit, better get up, better show some spunk there, sunshine. Okay, let me go ahead and bop it. Well, let me move it back so you're able to see it. This is Oliver Wallstrom right here. Boop, lays a hit, clean, clean hit, clean hit. Keep your head up, buddy. Boop, he didn't hit him in the head. He hits him in the shoulders. He's trying to avoid him. And it is a nothing hit. This right here is PK. Yeah. He yeah. should have been suspended for certain. Absolutely. Instigation and tossed. Yeah, he should have certainly been suspended. Absolutely. And you know what should have happened? Oh, man. I'm, 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 and he jumped oh, him, too. You know what should have happened? As soon as he came out of the box, beat the living piss out of him next shift out there. Cross-check him. No, Not no, no, no. Some of those. Cross-check him right in the mouth and knock some of those pearly whites right down his throat. Guess what? He won't be so aggressive going after you out there. Now so- that I'm watching this, I didn't watch it live. I'm fired up. I want somebody to go jump PK the next game we play him. Jump him Absolutely. as soon as he gets out there on the ice. You can't do let we him. Play them this- do we play them again this year? I don't think we do. Oh, let me see, Grumpy. I'll pull up the schedule. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, here's the thing. Walsham's not afraid to drop the gloves. He wasn't expecting that. Well, he just no. went at him and started throwing punches. Like I said. Low-class move, PK. Yeah. Stick him in the back of the knee. Do whatever you got to do. I don't care. You no, unfortunately, we, do, we unfortunately do not play the Devils the rest of the year. God damn it. Some here's the thing. What you should have done, and now this, hap- this happened April the 3rd. Oh, Jesus, man. So I'm looking at Ross Johnson was on there. Ross Johnson, the very next shift that he's out there in your offensive zone, even if he's not paying attention, drop the gloves and just start cold cocking the living shadow. Because this is this is exactly what Absolutely. happened. This is exactly what happened. He's skating down the ice, got his head turned, looking at the play, and he gets jumped. Absolutely. What should have happened the very next shift, you're in the offensive zone. If he's got his back turned, drop the gloves and just start punching the living shit out of him. I mean, you can't, you, you let him jump a player like that. Sorry. That's can't like rollerball. That's like rollerball, you know? When Moon Pie Dude. got punched in the back of the head by the Tokyo guys and was uh, crippled forever. <laughs> the, I'm sorry. You should have, I, I don't know what happened. And hopefully, if someone's got some retribution where Ross Johnson comes out there and pummels him, that's where Ross Johnson and Matt Martin, every single shift he's out there the rest of the game. Beat the living crap out of him. Also, got to get that stick up. He's got to get that stick right in his face. He wasn't prepped. He's like, "What the hell is this maniac doing skating towards me? We've got a two on. Uh, we got a two on one right here." PK's completely abandoned his <laughs> his responsibility. He's a loser. He's an absolute loser, Subban. He sucks. How the hell were we unable to? I compete? never seen a guy get so much pub for being oh such a God. shitty player. Let me honestly. ask you this: What's worse? 
What's worse on this situation? It's Barzell missing a ta- missing a chippy. Holy shit! That's about to say. I don't know what's worse: the fact that PK jumps jumps Oliver Wallstrom, or Barzal misses a point blank. Barzal doing his best, uh, Brock Nelson or Josh, Josh Bailey impersonation. Holy shit! Ugh, how do you? Oh miss my that? god! Not think, it's not even he's strong on the stick blade, brother. He was not strong on the lower on the bottom hand. He's oh, not strong Christ. on it. Oh, it's not good. Oh man. Christ, thanks, Emmanuel. Now I got my blood pressure up. Oh, man, oh, man. Um, Time B also saying heartfelt condolences there to you, grumpy old man. Um, And then uh, Jeremy uh, saying, uh, one thing I've taken away but kind of knew was that Lee belongs with Nelson. I'd love to see Pelican Dobson, reiterating Grumpy said, I like Paul, Mary, and Pajot together also. Barzal and Wallstrom still need more time. Yes. I don't disagree. I mean, he let, he let Lee play with Barzell for three and a half years when they didn't fit. And then uh, Brian P. Searing, uh Barry will never sit the veteran favorites. He that's, will never happen. That's see, that's my concern. Yep, and I'm hoping here. I know Bridgeport battling there for the playoffs. I'm hoping that once they don't make, if they don't make the playoffs, I'm hoping that you're going to see uh, Simon Holmes from then get his shot up there. I certainly am. And here's the other thing: couldn't our Atu Ratu? I think could be brought over to Bridgeport. I think their <sighs> season's over. No. Why not bring him over to Bridgeport for the last few games? I don't know. I, I I don't know. Jeremy Ford saying, do you think Clutterbuck's reason uh, injury was the reason why he wasn't moved? I would have said yes, but he resigned back, so maybe not. I he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. Here's, here's nobody no one wants to leave this team. No veteran wants to leave this team. That's a problem for me. That's I've, problematic. I've, I've never gotten it. And, and Zach Parise has played well as of late, and he's still playing okay. I, I don't understand why you didn't trade him and then sign him back in the offseason. And then you could have done the same thing if healthy, right? You could have done the same thing with Cal Clutterbuck. Yep. But we signed them at the deadline, which would have made me to believe if Cal Clutterbuck was still healthy, I still don't think we move him. Yeah, I think I we think wanted to right. sign it back because we didn't want to. They're unrestricted free agents. You could have signed them back in the offseason. They have their affinity to you, right? Give them another chance to win the cup. We talked about that. Give them another year. We can't win the cup this year. Here's your chance. Yep. Uh, thanks, Ariel C. I appreciate it. Um, once you decide, I said, love the way, I love the games Ross has been in. Getting in, it's long overdue. Uh, you have to sit the veteran, which Barry will never do. That's a problem. To me, they have to have a long talk in the offseason. What's the direction of this team? Are we happy with being, you know, a team that can maybe make a playoff round or two? Is that the goal? I don't know. Shouldn't be. D-Cut saying here, Wallstrom has been trash with that parcel. He hasn't been great for most of the second half of the season. Wallstrom. I don't think they, they had him on the power play, then they took him off and – he hasn't been the same. Then he got, you know, the limited ice time, dropped in the line, you know, whatever. I Like I said, they, they don't give the benefit of the doubt to the younger guys that they do to the vets, period. Hmm. Some guys react differently. I don't think he's respect, respect, um, responded positively. Uh, another one, too, we got. We have a lot of these later on. Tommy V says here, Pajo has looked great as of lately. Talk about another guy who's turned it on as of late. And now let's let's play devil's advocate. Now I like J.G. Pajo. People have said that maybe it took him a while longer to recover from his injury. I was one of those guys saying, mm, I'm not so sure I buy into that. Then why was he out there all year long? Why are you putting, if that's the case, right? The Anders Lee was too injured, whatever. We're not confident in his injury. But here's the thing why are you putting out a guy who's not 100%? 
Shouldn't you put out players when they're ready to go? Why would you want to put, particularly early in the year, why would you want to send players out there who are not 100% healthy? Right? That's another question we could ask. And if that's the case, I don't know if it is or not. But if that's the case, why? Why don't you let them and get fully healthy before you bring them back? Maybe because you have nobody in your farm system? Uh, Ariel saying, Bavili has been woeful so bad. Oh my gosh, you guys are back. Welcome, says Frank. What's up, Frank? Uh, Jeffy saying here, Wallstrom didn't see the ice in the third in the third period last last night. What thoughts do you have on that? Um, That's another reason I was throwing out there. Do you think that they're maybe saying, um, if we're making a trade in the offseason, maybe a guy like Wallstrom's a guy we could part ways with? Yeah. I, I, like I said, that's a non-starter for me. Unless you're getting a young talent back, why would you trade all of your futures for the now? All of your futures. You don't have any futures. And whatever you do have, you're thinking about moving? I, I, you know what? If that's the case, get rid of Lamarillo now. I mean... I, you have to look more than just from here to the end of your nose. As a general manager, it's your job to put the franchise in the best position to win and to be competitive every year. Ariel C saying here, Wallstrom needs more development. He's not there yet. I agree with that. Kambi says, uh, Islanders have found something in Grant Hutton. Solid player, good size and a shot. Makes trading Scott Mayfield more likely. He's a bottom He's a bottom pairing guy. No I would problem have no with that. problem. With him being a bottom pairing guy, not at yeah. all. If you say, "Here you go," I want you know, I want Dobson and, and Pulak to play monster minutes. You're going to play here. Dobson and, and Pelic. I'm sorry. Pulak. I'm sorry. Do not mix them up, please. You don't. <laughs> they're two right hand. The two right shot defensemen. Well, hold on. Pelic and Pulak play the same side. What are you talking about? Pelic and Pulak do not play the same sides. Uh, Pulak is a left no, no, is a right shot defenseman. I'm sorry. Pulak and Dobson play the same yeah. side. I said, so yeah. I did not say that. Grant Hutton would play underneath. They would play underneath Pulak and Dobson. That's right. As a bottom pairing guy. You said team up Dobson and Pulak. You said put Pulak and Dobson together. It's okay. Don't worry. Move on. No, no, no. I said he plays underneath Dobson and Pulak. So he would be the last oh. the last defenseman under Dobson and Pulak. I was go, confused. Go, just go. Just go. Just go. Ba, ba, ba. Uh, D-Cut saying here, keep Bailey. Trade Matt Barzal. I think, I think D-Cut. D-Cut is joking around with us. Um, what frustrates me the most is uh, was this play before? Where was this play before the first half of the season? Yeah. Because mm. I think we answered that earlier. I just think. It's a team that's just no accountability ever. Um, happy, hey, look what we did. We got to the Eastern Conference Finals two years in a row. Woo! Mm. And they just, you know, rested on their laurels. I thought early in the year is because they all got old. And then you see just before the deadline. See, that's, that's, the, that's the market demarcation for me. Just before the deadline, two weeks before the deadline, they all start picking their play up. Why? Because they don't want to get traded. They love how they have it on the island. I mean, it's a beautiful place to live. You don't have to produce anything. Hey, we want to stay here forever. Travis Zajac wants to stay there. Oh, I'd love to come back to the island. Everybody wants to come back to Long Island. We're going to go through rapid-fire comments, Probably. Grumpy. Right. John Smith says here, because I know you, you've got, you said you got your movie, The Fantastic Beast, or For Fantastic Marvelous Beast, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. Um, John Smith says, what's with Trotz constantly shitting on Wallstrom? Unreal. He'd rather play the whole third period short-benched rather than give him more than eight minutes a night. That's Barry Trotz, though, isn't it? 
And you never see him do it to an older guy who doesn't produce, Josh Bailey. But a younger guy, no problem at all. It's when I see him, I was about to say, he, he did the same things to Matt Barzal. And uh, <laughs> hey, he would do that sometimes. Bellows, he did the same thing Dobson, to Noah Dobson, too. All the young guys. Think about that. He was doing the same shit to Noah Dobson last year and this, this year, year. Too. This year, too. Short shifting him, benching him, not playing him as well. Oh, I didn't like this. I didn't like, yeah, okay. Look at uh, the rest of the shit you roll out there all the time, and you're complaining about this guy making one mistake, and you look at the veterans who look like they're too old to damn crap. They, they look like they can't even get to the toilet to pull their damn pants down. They got to wear the pens, but we're going to roll them out there night after night, minutes and hours after hours. Sorry. Ariel C said, I think Barzal is still working through the ankle or knee injury he had. Like when I think of that, I'm like, the season's over. He and shouldn't be he, playing. If he's he hurt, he shouldn't be playing. That's right. So maybe he is doing that, but I think that's stupid of the organization to let him do that. I'm going to say the same thing I said. If Lee was still hurt, he wasn't. And if Pajot was hurt, still hurt, he wasn't. And if Barzell is hurt, they should sit them out until they're 100% healthy. There's nothing to play for now. Nothing. Brian J says, this team sucks. Well, short and to the point. <laughs> let's freaking go, Mets. Who doesn't love the Mets? Grumpy. The Mets. Oh, man. I love the Mets. Hopefully, this year, this year is the year. And of course, the Groms already got shut down. You got to love that. Always injuries with the Mets. Um, 33 year old pitcher. They tend to get, they tend to get banged up. You think you think Degrom could make the Hall of Fame? Let's talk about that another time. I think we talked about that before. Yeah, I think he could. Uh, Brian P says here, I agree, Grump. I think he wants out. Um, and if we move him, we can get uh, get a haul for him there. Talking about Matt Barzal. Unless you're Lou Lamarillo, and you probably move him straight up for Jacob Chikrin. Um, uh, Frank saying, I'm not crazy um, of Ross and uh, Ross Johnston and Matt Martin together all the time. Why not alternate them? And play Bellos to develop him some. What the f? Yeah, well, that Bellos is not in their plans. He's completely. I think he's again Bellos when he plays in the top six role. And when, nice. with, and when you put him with Matt Barzell, they're a good fit. They're a good fit. He's not a bottom pairing guy. R Matt Martin shouldn't be allowed to buy skates anymore. But somehow he's a starter on this team. Ross Johnston. That's why you supposedly signed him back to that contract. Because so no one would take him off of waivers. He should be playing all the time. He gives you more than Matt Martin gives at this stage. Just does. Best players should play. Mm. I, trust me, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Um, and then uh, the State of Survival said, I spoke to an ex-NHL or two weeks ago. I asked him about Trots. He said that Trots won't find a job in the NHL after the Islanders. He knew more than what he was telling me. Or he knew more than more than he was telling me. I asked him twice. I'm going to players talk. Players talk to one another. Matt Barzell, I'm telling you, he's pissed with Barry Trotz. I'm telling you that. He's unhappy with Barry Trotz, and he tells whoever he possibly can. That little liking of the Martin St. Louis tweet says everything you need to know about the Barzell-Trotz relationship. Do I think he could still get a job? Yes. Do I think he'll be a success like a Stanley Cup champion? No. Just not. He's just, I don't think he's a Stanley Cup champion coach. I know he won a Stanley Cup once. Everything broke for him. But I don't think he's a great in-game tactician, if you know what I mean. 
I've got, oh man, I've got, <laughs> I'm now, I'm sorry, Andy Francis, if you're listening to the show, he sent me something, he had, <laughs> he had, I think he had, he had roasted somebody on, on Twitter in one of those videos. I'll have to look at it before I show it up, but um, remind me about the Andy Francis clip and I, I'll just have to remember, or maybe I'll have to retweet it so I remember or like it or something. Um, Oliver Wallstrom has played 11 minutes or less, six straight games with no power play time at all. Yeah, I was about to say, he hasn't played the power play okay. at all in the last, I think in the last 20 games, he hasn't touched any power play time. He's got the best shot on the team. He's got the quickest release on the team. He's a natural for the trigger position. I think he's still second or third in the team in power play goals, and he just gets no power play time. I like when I see Decut doing this. I I think he somewhat thinks a little bit of that, but he's just kind of he's just he's just there. He's just there, grumpy old man. That, I, I think that, I think Decut he wants to go back in the lottery and start over. That's the way I'm thinking. I'm with you, Decut. Trade everybody of value. The other guys suck. We're assumed to be in the basement. Take the full-on Arizona approach. Is that what D-Cut's saying? That's it. I think that's what he's saying. Oh, man, man. Oh, man. Um, Lou's going to retire um, so he and Trotz can leave. If you're a, oh, if you're a new general manager, I'm sorry. If you're a new general manager and you come in and you talk to Barry Trotz, the first conversation is get the hell out. Well, here's the thing, right? Once once you're devoid of future young players, what general manager of of value or of you know of uh, highest team is going to say, "Oh yeah, let me take on the challenge that is the Islanders, a team that right after next year, let's say Lou Lamarillo leaves, right? We're given the one more chance and the one more shot yeah. in order to to win a cup." And when it doesn't happen next year, who's going to look at the team and say, oh, yeah, those guys who were last year 30 years old are now all 30, you know, two years ago. Now they're 32, 33, 34. They're older now. So now I'm going to take a team with no young players because, hey, we're probably going to trade away picks this year's draft. Everybody under – everyone is in their 30s under long-term contracts still. I, I, I don't know what I don't know what general manager that has any track record is going to say. Let me sign up for that job. I don't know any coach is going to say, "Let me sign up for that job." It's not. It's not going to be an appealing place to work. You could throw all the money you want at him, but nobody's going to be like, "Hey, hypothetically, right? Let's say before everything happened, or let's say John Cooper. John Cooper leaves and he says, "Oh yeah, I'm looking for my next team to go to. I don't like something happened between me and Tampa. I'm looking for the next team." Do you think he says, oh, yeah, with the way the, the, the Islanders are constituted, I think they've got a real chance to be a competitor. I want to go there. You're going to have to find – it's going to be like the dark times when we had to look for a Peter Laviolette in an AHL team and hope they turn into something after they leave the Islanders, <clears throat> something like that. Because what had what had coach I – mean, I mean, guys are desperate for jobs, I guess. There's only 32 of them. So, you know, maybe somebody would take the job, but nobody, certainly Joel Quinville wouldn't come back to coach us. That much I know. Jeffy talking about when you talk about Brock Nelson uh, or uh, uh, Grumpy, you might be losing me. Oh, he, I'm talking about Parise. Uh, he kills penalties on the power play, scored a shorty and a power play goal last night. He, my thing, my point is, Jeff, is that he's 37. You're putting your eggs in the Zach Parise. Zach Parise won't be on the team when we're good enough to contend for Stanley Cups. That's all I'm saying. And to say, yeah, let's double down on more Zach Parise, I'd rather play a younger guy who has a chance to get better as a guy who's obviously going to be tailing off in his play in the next year or two. That's all I'm saying. I don't I'm hate Zach Parise. 
I think he was a great signing in retrospect. I did not want to sign him, uh, but he certainly uh, outworked his contract of 750K. His contract next year, I think, is 1.5, still very affordable. But it's like, do you want a 37-year-old playing 19, 20 minutes a night as a forward? I don't. I, I just don't. Gotcha. We're going to have to go rapid fire here. Because you said that before. I, I know. Um, Tommy B saying the Islanders are trying to get Atu Ratu, but they're having visa issues and it's delaying him moving over here. I could see that. That that does sound accurate. Um, you know, how long that type of stuff takes. Um, Christmas saying that kid, William DeFore, I think he's going to, uh, he's going to do well when he, or, you know, where he's, or he's doing well where he's playing. Can he skate? Can he skate? I, I, I haven't seen him play. Can he skate? Because if he can't skate, he's not going to make it. Got to be able to skate. Andy Green is retiring. Um, uh, I hope we get Forsberg uh, or the other good free agent. I forget his name. Um, I I don't want Lou to get fleeced as usual. Well, they need, they, need, they need to get a young assistant GM in here now. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I, I go not I go non-existent with the with the week a prospect pool non-existent. Deidre C says here um, he would go to another team with worse issues. Uh, talking about Matt Barzal, uh, you don't give up and bail out on your team. It's a bad year for everyone, but I do believe Trotz and Barry or Barzi have issues. And you should always side with the player. Always. Uh, Parise is not the issue. Bailey getting right. 20 minutes a night is. Bello scratched is. Wallstrom playing eight minutes a night with no power play and being benched every third period is. Chara instead of Robin Sallow is. Trotz is mental. Here's the other thing, too. Zidane and Chara should not be playing out there on the ice. If, you, if you're saying, oh, we love what we see in Grand Hut and we can't possibly play, Chara should not be playing. Thanks, Big Z. Thanks for what you've done. We really do appreciate it. Maybe we'll play the last game of the season because if you want to retire, there you go. That could be your your farewell. Same but, thing with Andy Green if you want to retire. Farewell. Robin Sallow should a, be up there at the NHL. A, a, AJ did say that that's the reason why Dobson's playing well, though. So probably you want to keep Char in the lineup if you listen to AJ. I 100% agree with John. My problem with Parise was that he he's getting so many opportunities as opposed to other players. At this point of the season, it's like, why? I, you want to see what you have? What? What? Let's see what Bellows can do. Let's see what Wallstrom can do in those situations. I don't care what Parise can give. He's thirty-seven. He's not the future of the team. That's that's all I mean. That's all I mean. Jason M saying Barzi is a sniper. No, he hasn't had many goals, but his stick handling, all in all, is not bad. And Wallstrom and Parise, come on, guys. Seriously, the lines need to be changed up. Oh my, Matt Barzal. Yeah, I just, I just think he's checked out this year. Maybe it'll be better next year. Jack W. saying he was super impressed with Robin Sallow. I thought Sallow started out good. He got a boatload of ice time, and I think his play tailed off. If anyone knew he went back down to Bridgeport, he wasn't playing great. Um, you know, but a lot of guys do that when they get sent back down. They have to rebound a little bit. John Smith saying here, Grant Hutton is a good replacement for Andy Green next season. I think he's a right shot defenseman, and. Uh, I have no problem with him. If you get yourself another top four uh, left shot defenseman, having him as your bottom pairing guy, no problem at all. Move Scott Mayfield while he's got a lot of value. Mm. Ah, gotcha, Grumpy, gotcha. I'm just trying to get through comments here because we're gonna ha- not going to be able to read everyone. We do apologize. We just want to be able to stay on schedule here. Um, I think Mayfield is good enough. 
uh, to be a third a third pairing defenseman. Oh, well, Mayfield's great. I mean, he's a great third pairing guy. On other Just, teams, he's a second no, pairing guy. On this team, he's a third pairing guy. State of Survival saying 100% we will re-sign back Zidane Chara, And he said, and Andy Green again, just before training camp. We just don't have the depth yet. Uh, I don't, I don't know. know. I could if, if Andy Green's retiring, maybe he is. I, I, I can't imagine him continuing to play. He's towards the tail end. He was healthy scratched at times this year. And when you talk about Big Z, shit. I could seriously see them contemplating re-signing him. Not saying it's a good move. I hope they don't, but still. Okay. If you want to bring Zidane Char back, he should play on your third pair with a Grant Hutton. Zidane Char should not play. Okay. I, I'm just saying, it, he's going. I believe he'll play somewhere next year, and he loves it here. Why not? Hey, I'd love to stay on the Islanders. I play until I'm sixty. I heard that Jonathan Drouin is available. Can you, you think of a worse fit for this team than Jonathan Drouin? <laughs> Like really? I think I think about a guy who's like, okay, he needed a little bit of a change of scenery in order to get things. You know, he's been he's been a guy who's always been kind of up and down, up and down. He's never, I mean, he had the one year in Montreal. I mean, he's you talk about a guy with no defense. You talk Yeah, he's not he's not a guy who doesn't commit like that, no freaking way. Barry Trot and him would be at odds buttonheads all the time. Yeah, he's not a fit. No, certainly not. Um Maybe that's going to be uh, be our big off-season signing, though. Jason M saying Char needs to get the puck more and to take more shots on net. I think he can definitely produce. I, I think he's got zero saying. goals this year, so probably not as much as you'd hope, Jason. Um, yeah. Uh, Pony Boy Curtis says, boys, boys, boys. It's been far too long. That um, oh, uh, oh, gotcha. No, I totally forgot to do that. Pony Boy Curtis. This is it's Jerry Springer. Pony Boy Curtis says, TJ, review my Twitter message and review all the content with Grump. That's right. I'll have to look at that. He sent me all, all that and I totally had forgotten about it. Thanks for the Good job, TJ. Another failure. Epic failure. <sighs> you know, I forget. Yeah, there's a lot. I forgot. I forgot. Uh, SB saying, hey, guys, what's going on? What's up? How are what's you? Going on? Um, Absolutely. And, and condolences again there. Pony Boy Curtis is saying, okay. uh, Brian P saying, uh, let's just, uh, let's just play next year, get a lottery pick. Lou and Barry will be finished then. Well, That's... Brian, what I fear is going to happen is they're going to trade away this year's lottery pick. Oof. I just can't see that. <laughs> I see it. I see. I, that's see like that. The, you talk about nightmare fuel, nightmare fuel. That's my nightmare fuel. <laughs> Trading away this year's pick. <laughs> yeah. I can't <laughs> see, crazy. I can't see that happening. I can't. Exactly. Saying, where have you guys been? Uh, honeymoon and uh, been a honeymoon. So I've been gone. Been a long time, but we're back. Sorkin should definitely be playing more than Varlamov, says Jack. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, and uh, we got a comment here. Um, Nick D saying, oh, welcome back, guys. Grow up. My condolences to family. I feel your pain. Lost my mom in October 2019. And Barzal doesn't have anybody to pass to, especially on the power play. That's why he's been struggling. Yeah, I, just, I think it's. I think there's more some underlying issues as well i just do um let's see here they give us i'm and nick is from the great country of canada there it is uh frank hayes saying here sorokin's a stud and the quality of saves he's making are highlight worthy almost every night he's tremendous and imagine if they had a really solid i mean because char and green are not as what they once were they're just not so there's a lot more quality chances. Imagine if they were buttoned up defensively, like in previous years, how much better Sorokin's numbers would be. I would say Sisterkin-like. Mm. 
Mm-mm-mm. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Let me out the zoom out so I'll be able to see these comments here. Um, Varlamov playing well. He was a third star of the week. He's been playing well. Um, that's what uh, Pony Bear Curtis also wanted us to say. Talks about Pajot's first hat trick as an Islander is on away ice. That is kind of odd. Did you see that, Grumpy? No. Yeah, so his first hat trick for the Islanders is on away ice. He had hat tricks before, I believe, for the Ottawa Centers, all on home ice, but first hat trick for the Islanders on away ice. That is always odd. And Corey now, Snyder had his first win in like who knows how many years against the Devils. Mm, when we yeah. were. I was about to say he Good for him. Good for him. I that's right. I forgot. This uh, what is that? That was that his first game he's played like in a year or two, I feel like. I don't know, but it's his first win in a long time. Good for him. Good for him. Oh, PK Subban was ejected from the game. That's why they didn't fight him immediately afterwards. He was ejected from the game. Oh, lucky bastard. Yeah, piece of shit. I was about to say that was honestly the best case scenario for him. Um, oh, apparently when we were gone, when the Islanders were winning a few games, people thought that the Islanders could surpass the Washington Capitals and win the wild card spot. I I can't I can neither confirm nor deny I wasn't paying too much attention to social media at that time, but uh, I did hear I I've heard that from more than one person that people legitimately were thinking that the Islanders could go ahead and get it. I'm just yeah it was just too much too much too much too little too late is what it was at that point. We're further back now than we were before. Yes, uh, no, we're the same. I think we're the exact same. I don't think uh, we were 15 points behind then. I think it was we like just this. we just did this. All right, just go, just go. Um uh well uh but at what cost um yeah they were asking about yeah we we covered there the barzal and wallstrom brock the number two center uh pajot the number uh, i'm sorry brock number one center pajot the number two center and how crazy is it barzal's a number three center just think about that i know they still play more minutes but just thinking about my barzal's a number three center just kind of gives how me an odd feeling in my body how do you think Sidney crosby would react to saying well we're going to make you the number three center he's not he's not Sydney and malkin Malcolm, we're going to make you the number four center on this team. How do you think they? How do you think they respond to that? How do you think? How it's do you not think? An apples to apples comparison. No, it is an apples to apples. What do you think the response <laughs> would be when the star of your team, who's easily the best offensive player you have without a doubt, is demoted to third line center? What do you think is going through his head? What do you think he's thinking about the guy who's done that? I think it kind of correlates with how his play is. Because he's had enough of him. He's had enough of Barry Trotz. I'd love to. Uh, if they traded him to a team like Florida, he'd probably have 150 points next year and he'd score 15 against us every game. <laughs> he'd have something to prove. That kid's got guts. We've seen that. I just think Barry Trotz has worn him down. He's like, ugh, I hate this guy. I hate showing up every day. Ugh. Brian P says, here's the bottom line. The Islanders are the fourth best in goals given up and 24th in goals scored. For the fourth year in a row, the weakness of the team is offense and still has not been addressed. And you know what? I still remember that that press conference that Barry and Lou did four years ago saying, yep, we know we got to improve the scoring on this team. We're going to do it this offseason. Four years ago, here we are, same cast of characters. Jeremy Ford said, hey, Grumpy, what's wrong with living okay. in Canada? Yeah, and some of us okay. live okay. in the Toronto okay. region. Okay. Looking Jeremy. forward to the right. Sunday game against okay. the Maple Leafs and the Islanders, Grumpy. All right. All right. I was trying to bag on Phil because his brain isn't working. So I figured it's so cold up there that his 
the motor neurons weren't firing all the way. That's why. It was not a slam against Canada or the Canadian people. It was a slam against Phil. And I like Phil because he's a great guy. I really do. So I just figured I would bag on him. I said, well, what would make his brain not work except working for, uh, you know, the Inquirer? Uh, but so what would I do? I, I would say maybe it's so cold up in Canada that it was slowing down his thinking. It was not a slam. I love, actually, I love Canada. I really do. But, I, you know, I just wanted to bag on Phil. That's all. Jack W says it. And he's such, he's such, Phil, uh, seriously, Phil is such a great guy that I don't have anything to really pick on him about. So I just had to pick something. So I did that. Ah. Sorry, Jack Jeremy. I love you, baby. Jack W says, hey, grumpy old man makes a full apology to the entire nation of Canada. and yeah, all Canada! I don't think I ripped him that bad. I think it was just Phil. Jack W says, uh, Bailey needs to go. He doesn't produce enough for someone his, for his salary. Yeah, he doesn't produce enough for anybody's salary. Yeah, um, never will go or never will go. Uh, two egos and uh, ooh, the bald ones there. Lou and Trotz, they suck, fire him. I think they have uh, one more year left and they're gone. Mm. Uh, LRK Productions uh, with a Panthers logo says, Hey, Grumpy, how does it feel knowing that the Islanders are pretty good but will never compare to Neymar and LeBron together? Neymar and LeBron have never played together. So, I mean, now Neymar was good in Barcelona, but not, I mean, they've won in PSG, but not enough and not certainly not a Champions League. Um, and to be honest with you, he's got that entourage going. And LeBron, well, he was good. And now he is what he is. Um, I don't. Here's the thing: they're certainly more talented than in their sports than the Islanders have on their team. Anybody? Jerry Ford said, "Do you guys listen to the Nassau Men podcast? Good show and analysis too." No. no. Grumpy, Grumpy, what do you say endearingly when people ask you if you listen to another podcast? You don't I don't even listen, listen to our podcast. I don't even listen to our podcast. I'm not <laughs> listening to somebody else's. Here's the thing. I've I listened to one of our, I'm like, oh shit, this is kind of funny. It's entertaining. And I have put on other people's podcasts and they're boring. I they're just boring. I'm sorry, I can't click. I'm not looking for an infomercial. I want to be entertained. <laughs> I, I like uh, he will always and, get selling products that I don't want to buy. Here's the thing. Honestly, I should probably listen every once in a while to more podcasts. I don't. Um, I've listened to the NASA men a few times just because they're affiliated with the Hockey Podcast Network. We were supposed to have a crossover a few times, but just things they didn't, didn't work out. Things that whatever things didn't work out, and um, you know maybe maybe we'll we'll revisit or ask what's going on in the off season. Who the heck knows? <laughs> Grumpy mean mugging. <laughs> Grumpy never listens to any podcast. He doesn't listen to ours. I don't yeah. listen to ours either. Very rarely do I listen to ours. If someone's like, uh, "What happened here?" I'll listen back to it, but I don't listen to ours because they're too damn long. Sometimes when I have I listened to it, when I've listened to a couple of Islander podcasts, I'm not going to mention the names, but when I've mentioned to them, it's like listening to an infomercial where the product doesn't work and it's so stupid that it's like, okay, dude. You're not entertaining, and you're a moron too. So I just have to turn them off. I can't listen to them. It makes me dumber listening to them. I can't afford that. <laughs> it's like so. 
you know, like the infomercials where it's like, um, it's like, do you ever get caught up? And it's like the potato chip bag where they've got they poured it into the bowl and they're they're, they're eating eating potato chips on the no. couch watching TV and they reach over to do something like a minor task and they knock over the potato chips and they go, oh no, does this always happen when your potato chips fall on the floor? Don't worry, we're making a couch where you put the potato chips in a holder in the couch. This is a must need. It was like. The Ralph Cramden episode where he bought the TV time to go on to the morning movie with Norton doing the to sell these little little gadgets that did everything. And Ralph, of course, couldn't do it. But see, that was entertaining. These guys, it's like getting a product that doesn't work and it's boring and dull. So I can't I can't listen to those when I'm trying to listen to something and my mind wanders off. uh, You know, it's like, okay, click. If I'm thinking about something else, listening to you, click. Sorry. I I understand, Grumpy. I understand. Um, I don't think they trade Bailey this summer either. And Tommy was saying they don't think so. He's got 990 games played this season. Then there's no way they're going to trade him that close to thousand. I, I hate that. I hate that. that comment is so. That comment is so stupid. It drives me nuts. This type of stuff drives if, me nuts. If the team actually thinks like that, if the team actually thinks like that. There's no reason why we're ever going to win anything. If you're making player personnel decisions based on some ridiculous, fictitious milestone for some player who's just a guy, I'm sorry. This team's going nowhere. The thing is, I believe Tommy B when he says that. I believe the team thinks like that. That's it's that's what not I mean. The fact that the comments stupid. It just I look at the I look at it and I say I think the team actually believes that. Oh, he's ten games away from ten thousand. We can't possibly lose him. He's been he's been such an integral part of the team. We can't. We, he has to play his a thousands game for the Islanders. Yeah, that's my point. That's mind-numbingly dumb thinking. Just I'm like, uh, hold on. Uh, we can't trade him because he's played 990 games in the organization. What the hell does that even mean? I, I, I Lamarillo has been given strict orders not to I trade that or uh, Josh Bailey. He's got ten more games until he gets to a thousand. The team will never win if that's your mentality. Never, never freaking ever, never ever will it win when you're more. I mean, it's not even like, hey, he scored 995 goals in his career and is the greatest player ever. No, not that. It's that he's been able to suit up 990 times. He's been able to put his skates on and float around and do pirouettes on the ice and not produce for 990 games. Sorry. He's debating if I should go to tomorrow's game. Remember, he lives in that Pittsburgh area. Yeah, that was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, He's debating if he should go. I'm sure they might move Bailey. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Now that that was brought up, and I forget, I always forget about it because it doesn't cross my mind because it's such a dumb way to think about it, but it definitely crosses the Islanders' minds. 10 games more to hit a thousand. We want to see him hit that milestone. Congrats, but uh, we're, we're not going to trade Chara because you know we signed him here for this year. Well, what? Well, we're not going to trade Parise because you know we signed him here for this year, so we're not going to do that. What? Mm. what? What kind of what thought process goes into that? We're not going to trade Cal Clutterbuck because you know he really wants to be here. Um, and then John Smith says Barzal is supposed to be the playmaker. He hasn't been looking for Oliver Wallstrom and he plays with the puck too much in or he plays with the puck and loses it more than anything. I think the fault lies with more than more with Matt Barzal than with Oliver Wallstrom regarding that's, them not working. That's possible. Do you got did you guys notice 
uh, or uh, do you guys notice the guys that struggled this year and regressed are all young forwards? That's a Barry signature. Young defensemen's grow, young forwards die. Well, that's the whole organization, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Even in Bridgeport, same thing. When was the last time we developed a forward, really developed a forward in Bridgeport? Mm-hmm. I don't think ever. <laughs> never. Never. The answer is never. Since Fredo's been the GM there and Thompson's been the coach, name one forward who has developed into a star player. I don't think Bar- – did Barzell even play in the A? Mm, no, but I'm I thinking – no, he Bavillier? played juniors and he went to the A. No, Bavillia went a little bit down to the A when he was punished. But I'm trying to think Brock Nelson spent more college. He played in the A, and, and Anders Lee was another guy who was a lot more time in college than he was so in nobody. the A. So no one. If those are your examples, went a guy who was, no was a traditional Canadian went from juniors and or went from the USHL right to Bridgeport and went from Bridgeport to the NHL. I can't think of any. Yeah, but was Thompson uh, coaching when Nelson and Lee were down there? Kind of gets fun. I, I don't. And Fredo so. was the GM. So no, no, not definitely not when Fredo was GM. Ponyboy Curtis saying, TJ looked particularly handsome. Thank you. Maybe it's because I have adequate sleep, but uh, don't worry. That will dissipate in a matter of a few weeks and I'll be back to my normal zombie self. Um, and then uh, Ariel C says here, Arizona would take Bailey for the cap it to get to the floor. Um, and he'd be a second liner for him. That Ariel is smart. And I mentioned that earlier, Ariel. Mm-hmm. So Matthew smart. has said, no, no, no. Brock Nelson's been very good. Stop. Grumpy, I know he drives me nuts uh, when he does that. I'm we're, just, not, we're not gonna get that. We're not gonna. Um, okay. do you like how Barry, um, uh, hardcore ripped uh Barzal in the press yesterday? Um, I don't, maybe you meant Barzal. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look at what Barry did. I don't know. In the post game, or oh god, almighty, I'm happy again. If he's going back to that, shit. I, wouldn't that be perfect? Keep Barry trots, Matt Barzell leaves because he says, I can't play with that asshole anymore. The team folds. The arena closes. That's it. Um, ooh, hold on. Here we go. Um, Frank was saying that Barzal, he said maybe Barzal skates around with the puck too much, turns it over, and he keeps saying he needs to watch freaking watch, uh, watch, or he needs to freaking study and watch Braden Point videos and be like him. He does watch Braden Point videos, and he says, you know what? If I was playing for Tampa, I'd be just as good as Braden Point. If Braden Point came here, he'd be a 40-point producer like I am. Um, D-Cut saying, Nelson and Bailey lead our team in playoff points in the last three years. Both are clutch. Barzal goes invisible in play. That's not true. No, that's not true. Barzal was the only guy who showed up against Tampa the last two years. Phil Sachs said this, and all I got to say is this. Look at what he has about to say. Look at the production. (laughs) That against that Tampa had in Tampa, and Barzal was the leading point producer against Tampa, the best team, right? You know, the juggernaut, the best team in the, in the league. So, again, big, big games, big moments. He played well. And, and Barzal had, I think, zero points against Pittsburgh in the first series. He had like three or four or five against, uh, against Boston. He was the only person to really do much of anything against Tampa. Yeah, they do good again when um, there's not a whole lot of pressure. When it gets crunch time, they look like a spider that just step on, they just. Crinkle up. Al's 44 talking the state of survival, saying that 
that Matt, uh, that Barry Trotz will not get a new job. He says, give me a break. He's won two Jack Adams awards. He's top 10 in wins. He's helped the Islanders um, get to one win away from the finals, and uh, he won't find another job. Sure. I think he'll find another job. I Maybe he – here's the thing. I – I think maybe he's not liked by the younger generation. I don't think wants to commit to playing that style. It's dog. It's so, it's so rigid and dogmatic in that way where it's, it's not, there's no bend. There's no bend. Some of the coaches that have adapted a similar Barry Trot style, at least I think allow a little bit more bend to it. I don't think Barry does. Yeah. I think that he's a really good regular season coach, but not a great playoff coach. Hmm. And Jack Adams trophies, that those don't mean anything. That means that the team was probably crappy the year before and you had a pretty good year the next year. Mm. It doesn't mean anything. Thank you, Anthony R. Thank you, Anthony R. Thank you. Thank you for stopping in the bud. Um, and uh, Noah W. saying here, Brock Nelson's putting up a career best year and Crumpy's complaining about it. Yeah, frustrates. Sell high. Sell high, right? Um. Uh, Amari Amari Prod, uh, Productions says, "Yo, Goat Water Shorts here. Um, I haven't told you guys right. Oh, so that's it's a new, it's a new, it's a new, uh, new pitcher. Um, uh, I'd be mad at the fact that we're actually trying a little bit now, but uh, since I'm a new Islanders fan, I just want to see some wins. There it is. So there you go. That's okay. At least you avoided hopefully a lot of the dark times, Amari. Hopefully you're not going to see too many more dark times in the in the short future." Um, Tony Queso saying, yo, did you cut some blood sausages and throw it into some ramen soup with tea and crumpets? You damn red coat. Well, we were actually called Yankees over there and I don't have a Yankee accent. And I don't have a Northern accent. So it was odd. I'm from, you know, the central United States. It's odd. Okay. To be you don't have an English accent. That's why they called you a yank. I maybe know. It was maybe as long as they didn't call you a wanker. No, I didn't. I didn't have any blood. Uh, what do they call it? It's like the, some pig's blood. I didn't have any black pudding, like pig's blood. But you will be happy to know, Tony Queso, after looking at the content of how many calories I was consuming with that meal, with the six hot dogs and two two packs of ramen, I was like, that's near three thousand. I didn't know about that. So now I've changed it. Since I've been back, I've only eaten ramen. I think three the four nights I've been back, but. I do it a little differently. I just do one cup of ramen, none of the little sodium packet. I do some eggs. So I'm mixing up no more hot dogs, no more bad hot dogs, but eggs. Grump, you happy to know that, aren't you? I'm so glad that you said we're going to blast through these comments and you're giving <laughs> dietary tips. I'm just saying, I'm just allowed to give yes or no answers, and you're able to tell us how you're putting salt packets. I, I, I don't understand your logic at all. Uh, uh, State of said, trade Nelson when he's in the stocks high. If you wait too long, we'll end up with another Bailey. That's all I'm saying. I'm not yeah. saying he's had a great, he's had a really good year. He has played really well. Why not cash in on that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anthony R. saying, we're not making the playoffs next year. Um, uh, we could if some other teams regress and we make major improvements. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, it could happen. It's a little too early to say we're definitely not making the playoffs next year. I'll uh, wait at least till the offseason. <laughs> Grump is usually the, the the leader on that train, but he's going to at least wait till the offseason. Brian P says Brock has definitely been the best Islanders forward this year and one of the worst scoring teams in the league. Okay, that's great. Mary <laughs> Shakovsky was our best forward for a lot of years, 
I don't see anybody having a parade for him. Oh, man. Oh, man. Even crappy teams have to have good players. Um, so baseless. Just curious. So, Grump, since uh, Barry has been here, who has been our best forward at scoring goals? It's Nelson, Grump. And we're one of the worst scoring teams in the league, 24th, 25th, 26th every single year. Okay. If you're happy with that, fantastic. I just say we should shake things up. That's all. I want to be able to score more goals. Look at that new pitcher Alexander's got up. Alexander, we want to see pictures of the family, not the Miami Dolphins. Uh, hey, guys, welcome back. My second family, TJ, you look like you lost a little weight. I've got a lot of weight to lose. As let's say, I was like, I was like, I got to get back in a fighting shape. Um, but uh, yes, thanks. Thanks there, Alexander. Um, hope, hope everybody in the family is doing well. Um, and uh, we got here. Nelson's got 34 points in the last three playoff seasons. Bailey's got 39. I'm saying against Tampa. Barzal's got 38. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, here's the thing. They all produce. I, I have no problem at all with Bailey's production in the playoffs or Brock Nelson's. I know it just seems to be. A, that's why you trade Bailey Bailey. plays really well in the playoffs. See, that's why you trade up. Bailey at the deadline. That's why you trade him at the deadline. You try to you get yourself a second round pick for him and uh, he contributes to a team and maybe he has a chance to win a Stanley Cup. Why not? What a film saying. So good to see you guys back. Really missed you. Glad you're back. Thanks. What a appreciate it. Uh, we're happy to be back. We're happy to be back. Anthony's saying here, this team is coming back with the same roster. Only subtraction most likely will be green. And it's going to be a very, very sad 2023 year. Uh, oh, see, I need that- some hobby to come next season. To bl- <laughs> so I don't blow my head off. See, that's what I feel. It's like, okay. If that's bring the that- case, if you feel that doom and gloom at any point, you go to the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man Show. Link in the description below, and also as a feature channel, we talk about. We trust me, we're not doom and gloom on that podcast. That podcast is just us having a good time and shooting the shit. So we're not so negative because there's no reason to be negative. We just talk about funny things. Um, but yes, by the way, isn't uh, Forsberg or is it Forsberg or Johnny Goudreau's left wing? I know Forsberg I can't play right wing. Goudreau is a left wing. They're yeah. both left wings, but I know Forsberg apparently can slide over, and they, they say he could play right wing easily. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, watching Lee skate on the open ice is excruciatingly painful. True. Oh, True. Man. man. Um, uh, and, uh, what a film saying here, I really think Barzal is frustrated playing the style of hockey, the way coach, uh, trots coaches, maybe Barzal will move on. If trots is long-term hundred percent agree with that. What a hundred percent. If they give Barry trots an extension, Matt Barzell's leaving. Scuff saying he likes cheese. Don't you all, we all like cheese scuffed. Who doesn't like cheese? Come on scuff. That's an easy one. Um, Grumpy old man, you say, um, you say trade Nelson. I'm getting flashbacks from the Islanders traded our best. Oh, oh, oh my God, Austin, please. Now we're getting people comparing Brock Nelson to Pierre Perjean. Pierre, okay, Brock Nelson would have to play three years to score to uh, score as many points as it took Perjean to score in one year. Sorry. He's having a career year this year at 30. That's what he's doing this year. He's not going to be getting better. This is the apex of his career. Pierre Turgeon, please, why don't you compare him to Bossy next? 
when we gave up on Bossy in 1987. Well, I would do that too. Oh, and Grumpy, I hope you're doing well too, my friend. Looks like he got a little younger. So oh, it, means, it means one or two things. Alexander is either buttering our biscuit or he's saying we're looking great. Or, 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 the, sec or the second <laughs> one is our, our health has increased away from the podcast. It's one of the two. Either there Alexander butters our biscuit or we look better. We look skinnier. We look more lively. And you look younger, Grumpy. We I was hoping he was going to say I look thinner, but I know. No, I don't. <laughs> Thank you, Alexander. You're the best. So I, I we very rarely get Twitch comments. I just want you to look at these. One guy's asking, I like cheese. Do you? It's the same then, guy. Well, no, this no. British monster. I we never get Twitch comments. So I assume <laughs> these are not bots. I love cheese, but only before I have a shower. Rub your toes in it. It's a perfect moisturizer. I didn't realize. No, that. because then their shoes won't fit on it. Sounds like you have a problem. I put cheese wedges in the soles of my shoes to make me taller. So uh, I think Twitch and our limited interaction is quite some odd comments. The people on Twitch are, are quite odd individuals, grumpy. So happy we don't have a large following <laughs> there or anything. Um, well, uh, I wish we had a large following there because they're interesting. Well, that's true. That's true. Alexander oh, says, my uncle still wants us to trade Matt Barzal. Oh, my God. Your uncle, Alexander. I, I don't know how the hell you're related to him. I don't. Uh, obviously, by something bad. So, well, I won't say that. Not something bad. Just, you know, it happens. What can I say? Um, Alexander's saying here, Bavillier looks broken, TJ. Um, I can't believe you said that Brock Nelson is a better all-around <laughs> player than JD. I did. Yes. Oh, that's that's oh. a good thing to bring up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then here, here's the thing. You so, think so? You think Brock Nelson is better than John Tavares? No, 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 no. Phil's facts, Phil's fiction. Grumpy was trying to tell me that if he was taking this year, he would take Brock Nelson over John Tavares. Oh. And I said, if you're building a team, and I, I put this real simply, I said, if you're building and putting together a team, and you say you could pick any style, would you pick John Tavares or would you pick Brock Nelson? I don't even care, even to bring the best season and Brock Nelson's history of being a player and you bring up this year for John Tavares I take John Tavares the system that John Tavares plays in is not tailor-made and catered to his game the thing is Brock Nelson's game and the system we play in is tailor-made for his game if you put Brock Nelson on a team like Toronto or you put Brock Nelson in a team where he's got to say because both Brock Nelson and John Tavares are not great skaters they both are you know a little bit you know slower there in that area that Playing a high style, high gun, you know, running gun style offense is not suited for their style of game. Brock Nelson would not be as good as a point producer in other systems. Simple as that. So if I'm saying if I'm taking a better overall player, John Tavares is a better overall player. Even if you say this year, he's a better overall player than Brock Nelson, guys. Come on. You just said, TJ, I can't believe you said Brock Nelson is a better all around player than John Tavares. Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, maybe he makes it up. That was Phil who was saying that. Sorry. No, maybe he mixed him up. Yeah, I said, I said, yeah. Oh, okay. Here's my, here's my thing. John Tavares makes players around him better. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I was saying to Phil too. I said, look at how many PA Parentos, Matt Molson's do we need to see, right? I know he plays with the better, better teammates now than maybe Brock Nelson does. I've seen what John Tavares can do with, with shitty teammates. I've seen it. And Brock Nelson doesn't. Those are just facts. Again, today we've seen Brock Nelson compared to better than John Tavares, Pierre Turgeon. Uh, please, what's next? Gretzky? Lemieux? I'm well, sorry, he's just a guy who's having a, a remarkable shooting year. 22.5% shot. His best before that was 14. 
Okay. Sorry. He's not all that. Stop overrating the players on this team. Oh, well, oh. here's the thing, grumpy. It's you so talk about Gret. No, you mentioned Gretzky. Well, I do have something to say. We did sign a player who is being compared to Wayne Gretzky. This week, you'll be happy to know, grumpy old man, the Islanders. Service dog. Not Coco, but Kobe Bender, grumpy old man. You'll be happy to know that the scatter, this is Phil's fact, says the scattering port on Bender is that he has the speed of McDavid, the vision of John Tavares, and the hands of Patrick Kane. He loves to pick up by the Islanders. And, and I, again, Who this said that, Phil? Yeah, yeah, but I also said I heard he had the grit of Gordy Howe, the anticipation of Wayne Gretzky, and the shot of Alexander Ovechkin. So obviously, some some friendly banter just just sticking around, going on is, is all it was. But yes, this guy I've compared Grumpy Old Man Kobe Kobe Bender to Wayne Gretzky, and also has got the grit of Gordy Howe. Oh, he doesn't love him. I, I can't I, miss. I can't miss Grumpy. It's gallows humor time. Come I hate on. being the adult in the room. I hate it. You know, I figured you get a kick out of it, but I guess not. Max is saying youth is the future. We don't have youth. Barry Trotz is a killer. Let him go. True. True. I apologize. I, I, eventually, I mean, it's like you're waiting for the nuclear, you know, for the nuclear countdown. And it's like, you know, it's coming. Is it next year? Is it the year after? You just keep doubling down on the same things. And that's never won anything. We've never won anything. This team has never won anything. Never won a division title. Never won a conference championship. Never won a Stanley Cup. They've never won anything. I don't understand why people still think, I, I, I don't get it. I agree with this, Matthew. Uh, if if we were able to get a guy like Philip Forsberg or Johnny Goudreau, then you have the availability to trade a guy like Anthony Bavillier, but not before. Again, if we're going to trade somebody, let's trade a 24-year-old who's on an affordable deal and keep all the veterans. Okay. Here's here's the unfortunate part about that, though. If you're going to make a trade and you're going to probably trade away pick, it's got to be at the trade deadline. And the <sighs> trade deadline is before NHL free agent. Or I'm not sorry, not at the trade deadline. You're going to have to trade him at the NHL NHL draft. Next the year's NHL draft is before free agency. Next year is Barry Trotz last year, right? Under contract? Yes, yes it is. I'm sorry, I'm not doing anything to pacify him at this stage. Nothing. Nothing. Jeff S. saying here, I'll say this. It seems like Bailey was a healthy scratch. Then players started playing better. I wanted Bailey to be a healthy scratch earlier on in the year. It's funny. Some people are saying when you bench the young guys, it sends the old guys a message. And what did I say? No, you start benching the veterans. That sends a real message. It was Kevin Kurtz who said that. But yeah, um, whatever. Yeah, we, we, we call that when he originally said it. Frank's saying here, you need a good mix of youth and veteran. For certain, you do. You need to mix the youth and veteran to be successful. you got to yeah. have to take advantage of young players that perform way better than what their contract is, and you're going to have some veterans that you overpay that offer the veteran leadership, playoff experience, as well as help groom the younger players into what it is to be a true professional. you got to have a mix. We don't have the mix. we got a lot more vets than young guys. Vets who um, get paid more than they deserve, and young guys are never given a chance. Okay. Uh, Andrew L saying, how about the Mets? Bullpen looks shitty, though, except for Edwin Diaz. Tomorrow, Andrew, on the TJ and Grumpy Old Man Show. Um, D-Cut saying, Bailey may pass Matt Barzal in points by the season's end. Uh, how many points is Bailey behind? I don't know. Obviously, it was a joke, but I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Josh Bailey has got 
I think it's a, I think it's a tall order to ask for Josh Bailey. Josh Bailey has 36 points on the season. No, that ain't happening. He'd have to play another 990 games to pass Barzell. <laughs> I like it, the little callback. 990, grumpy old man. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, well, technically, he's only 11 points behind Matt Barzell. He doesn't love it. Um, That's like light years on this team. On Colorado, maybe 11, but on this team, it's on a regular team. It's like being 40 points behind somebody, being 11 behind. Oh, man, oh, man. I'll tell you, we got to a lot. But Barzell's been disappointing this year. Absolutely. I won't, we will not be able to get to every one of these comments. We do apologize because they're, oh my God, there's a lot of, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of comments. I do apologize. I did a poor job of managing comments today, Grump. Now, when do you need to be gone by, Grump? Oh, I don't know, like 1130. Okay, gotcha. We can still uh, do a couple more comments if you like. Okay. Let's do them fast. Okay. Well, none, none, of, none of the ones that are crazy, like Bob, Brock Nelson's great. None of the, nothing like that. Uh-huh. Well, Brock Nelson is like Mario Lemieux, or he's better than Bobby Orr, or you know he's greater than Gordy Howe. You know, none of those, none of those. Come on. But Jarrell's saying a nice setup upgrade, TJ. Well, here's the thing: it's actually not a setup upgrade. It's technically a setup downgrade. I've got so I usually film on this camera here, and that's how I usually stream myself. Okay, if you want to get through comments, no one. We don't need a blow by blow on your setup. Okay. okay. Here's the thing. You want to know why you look better? It's because the camera's not on top of your head like it was before. It's looking straight at your face. And since you're like six foot five, it's okay because most people can't see the top of your head. But when you put that camera <laughs> up there, it's not a good look for you. <laughs> there it is, broken down. Well, there you go. That's why Alexander said, oh, every, oh TJ looked much better today. Yeah, because he looks like a human, you know, because it looks like he's got hair. Okay, I'm just gonna look for people. I see oh, the grumpy. There's so many. Uh, Dobson has been the best D man. He agrees. Um, Dobson can't hold Pelix jock strap in the defensive zone. Oh no, Pelix a better defensive defenseman, absolutely. But best overall defenseman is Noah Dobson. Team's got to add at least one top four defenseman. It's essential for sure. certain for certain. Pajot, Zizekas, fourth line. Lee, we're stuck with. Um, but uh, but I like to call them. <laughs> But I like uh, a so-called garbage man. I like Nelson and Palmieri, Parise, oh. but Trey Bavillier package deal for the right player. So let's keep a guy who's 30. Put the, put that comment back up. Let's keep a guy who's 32, 31, 31, 38. Uh, I guess Lee will be 33 next year. Um, and get rid of a guy who's going to be 25. That makes sense. Keep the guys in their mid thirties, but get rid of the young players in a team and a league that's predicated on speed. I'm all for that. The team is going to do that, though. Um, Brian P says Dobson Sorokin have been the bright spots. The end. True. 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 Nobody. They've been the two best players on this team this year, and the two. Those are the people I look. I enjoy seeing. Nobody else. I could care less about everybody else. Pellick defensively is good. Other than that, we've underperformed the whole year. The whole year. Matthew S. said, I think this as currently constructed might be able to make the playoffs next year, but it won't go very far at all. I, I think we need to add somebody and then we can make the players, but we're not winning a Stanley Cup. I mean, and that's, you know, that's why, what are your goals? What are the goals? What, is the, what are the goals of the fan base? And you have to ask, everyone has to ask themselves that question. Uh, you know, are you just happy to be competitive and make the playoffs and maybe periodically make it to the conference finals? If you're happy with that, okay. 
my goals are just a little higher. That's all. Ryan P saying Dobson and Pellick complement each other perfectly. True. Right. True. I mean, like I would like to see what that looks like every once in a while. Um, uh, Matthew C saying Barzal needs to start scoring again. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I, I mean, something's going on in his head. Anthony R says Bellows and Wallstrom have no future on this team. As long as Barry's here, plain, plain and simple at this point, uh, move them. Let's not just waste. Don't move them. Don't move them because Barry's only got one more year left on his deal. You hope to, you hope to, to withstand the Barry storm one more That's year. That's it. Then and move on. Uh, do you really think they're going to bring him? I mean, in sometime in the immediate future, you're going to have to get younger on this team. You can't roll out these guys when they're 35 years old. You think Trotz is going to want to put a bunch of young guys and play them? No, I'm sorry. Um, Jeffy says, Grumpy says the same, but sometimes differently. Um, and then, uh, says, or, or maybe he says stays the same, but sometimes differently. Um, and then, uh, got a comment here from Frank. He says, man, I love Wallstrom and Bellows. Uh, if we move them, I guarantee they'll do great. Eventually I'll be crying out. I'm crying about them for years. I can't believe we trade traded Pierre Turgeon. What the fucking mother effer? Yeah. Ratu next year? No, probably not. He's at least a, a year, if not two away. Um, if you don't have the cap space to make a move for two such forwards, in a we don't have the cap space to you make do. You just have to be creative. You just have to be creative. You have to move some guys off your team. That's all. But here's the thing. They're afraid to move anybody off this team. They think we'll just keep on throwing, keep all the trash and just throw more trash on top. And we'll be good. No, got to move some guys out. Uh, Matthew has said thoughts on both Atu Ratu and William DeFore being together on EA. Why not? Absolutely. Um, Pony Curtis says there's been a lot of talk about there. PK assaulting Wallstrom. Yeah, he's been lucky injected. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. Oh, that still's boiling my freaking blood just thinking about it. Um, playing better. Brock's probably going to hit 40 goals, perhaps. Uh, Capitals are playing worse. Some people even think that they could take the wild card spot. Yeah, no. And yeah, Corey Schneider's first win in almost two years. That's still nothing. No, we're out. 15 points out. We'll no probably on Chikrin says, we'll probably, you know, at the end of the year, we'll probably be 20 points out of the playoff spot, like we mentioned uh, months and months ago. 20 points out. We're the best of the shitty teams in the league, though. Absolutely. The best of the crappy teams. We're top. We're your top. Top of the mediocre teams right now. Yeah. That's, Maybe the West has a couple of teams that are up there with us, who are mediocre, not going to make the playoffs. But in the East, we're, I think we're by far the best. Yeah, we're better the, than Columbus East, and Detroit. East. Yeah, yeah, we are for yeah. certain. I mean, uh, yeah, watch out for Detroit though next if year. If they cut, Detroit. if they cut all the playoff teams out of the league, we would really compete for a Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, unfortunately, Arizona will get a huge package for him. Not sure. Um, I'd move him, you know, or try to make a move there for Chickren. Yeah, I'm telling you, they're gonna they're gonna want a lot for him. Lou's gonna earn his pay this offseason because he certainly hasn't earned it any years he's been here. So he's gonna have to earn it this year. My gut tells me if Trotz stays, we get Forsberg. He'd like Trotz all those years ago. Um, as a coach, I read it somewhere. They were only together for a year. I was about to say a year, and he was there like 20-something games. So here's the thing, right? It means either one or two things. If he signs here, he loved playing for Barry Trotz. And if he doesn't, it means he hated playing for Barry Trotz. 
because there's no doubt in my mind the team won't throw every penny they can at a guy like this to or, make a or, offer. Yeah, but here's the thing. If a team like Florida or Tampa offers you a contract, they don't have to offer as much money as we do because they have no state income tax there. That means a lot to them. Tampa and Florida don't have the cap. Think, you know what? Here's the thing. Tampa's always up against the cap every year. Somehow they were able to move guys off to other teams. I don't know why we're not capable of it, but they're able to do it. Every single year they're able to reload. Frank's nope. saying Wallstrom needs more minutes. His confidence is down at the moment, but he's been throwing his body around hard, and I like that. Yeah. Vladimir Guerrero, three homers and a double. Damn. Drelson again. Holy crap, TJ and Grump are back. I missed you both. Thank you. Yeah, thank you there, Drew. And thanks for the condolences, as always, for Grumpy Old Man. We do appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and um, uh, Matthew is saying, a team that can't get their own arena has no bargaining power for what they're asking for. Um, Brandon Fry, they're saying, oh, shit, you guys are back. And my condolences, Grumpy Old Man. Um, thank you. What? Nothing. Oh, shit, y'all are back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um Okay, let's see what Malkin wants for the team. <laughs> I don't think Malkin's leaving no time soon. Um, TJ Grump, yeah, did you see that terrible? Yeah, I saw that against Pavilion. Awful, awful, awful. Um, Veritas Evicta saying, you guys are back. Was wondering what happened. Honeymoon, honeymoon in a way. And sorry about your loss, Grumpy. Um, that Dumbledore went over TJ's head. I yeah, probably did. I probably know. did. I hadn't Everything goes him. over TJ's head. Oh, but not God. the camera tonight. That's good news for him. Oh, there we go. Dun, dun, dun. I was about to say, it's a good way to end it on. Oh, TJ's forehead's still in the UK. <laughs> oh, wow. Maybe I should just, maybe I like the lower angle. Makes my head look a little bit. Make, there you go. That's what it is. Instead of my head looking like this, you're seeing my head like this. That's what I said. Look, I have a million That's more what here. I said. You used to have the camera up here. That's when people started noticing you were bald, by the way. They didn't notice before. Then you gave, you let everyone know. And now you're going, but I think you look, well, maybe not so good now, but yeah, you look better. Oh, whatever. Just go. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, oh, man, I'm ahead. Um, TJ, did you bring back a present from the UK for, for uh, D-Cut, like the fire hydrant with the British symbol on it? No, no present. Sorry. Um, I didn't uh, even get me a present. Rated R. Yeah, Grumpy. I got yes. If I could have found something funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. I did see something funny. Now I forgot to even send this to you as a text when I was over there. We had to pay to use the piss or everywhere we went. We had to pay to use the bathrooms. It was fifth, and some some uh, British lady said it's fifty pence for a pee. So she said fifty p for a pee, and uh, I put I had to pay to get into the bathroom. But one had a little jar where you put your money in, and it said, uh, "Please enter money for being a grumpy old man" or something like that. And I saw it. I took a picture of it. I'm butchering it. I'll make sure to have it ready for next podcast. Yes. But remind and I do me. want to shout out to Isles Misery Rated R. Woo! <laughs> there it is. There it is, Grumpy. Um, uh, Red Wave Clan says, as the Islanders Hall of Fame, I'd vote for Josh Bailey's song before I'd vote for Bailey himself. Wow. Yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. It's a song to make fun of him. And now they and now people say, oh, it's because we appreciate him. No, it's because he sucks. That's right, Frank. Guys, hit the thumbs up. That's for certain. That's for certain. Um, that's absolutely, that's absolutely it. Um, okay. Wallstrom had a five minute fighting major for that. Oh, <laughs> he got jumped by PK. My God. Ugh. 
see, that should have been two minutes instigation, five minutes fighting, game misconduct, whatever, that 10 minute misconduct. Let him come out and catch a beating from Ross Johnston. That would have been a real penalty. And then when he got in a fight, then send him off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Here's the thing. The next time you see PK, wherever he is, because he's an unrestricted free agent, next time you see him, and if he dresses up on the Islanders in spring or in, in camp, go ahead and drop the gloves and beat the living crap out of him. No, I'm just kidding. Um, by the way, did you see that Barzal line with Wallstrom and Parise is averaging like 3.74 goals or some statistic? I'm not sure. I didn't see anything like that, Drew. You have to let me know. I... I didn't. I didn't have a chance to do too much of what looking. We've at really it. been I, honestly. We've really been out of the loop. Uh, oh, wow. At least a lot, of stats, a lot of the stuff stats that we usually been we come prepared with. We don't have. Um, Shooters Park Hockey says makes me sick thinking that the Rangers are in the playoffs. I honestly think that they could make a run. I wonder what type of BS Islander exit interviews will be like this year. We still believe in this group. That's yeah. exactly, they will say that. That saying right there. If you're you're putting odds on it. I think you have a high chance of that being said. They're the only ones. No one, no one really believes that. Uh, I just don't think who the range they're second now, right? So they'd have to play or third. So they have to be Pittsburgh. That's a tough matchup for them. Pittsburgh is playoff tested. I just don't think the Rangers are that good. Yeah, I know they got a whole lot of points. I just don't think they're good enough defensively. Mm. I mean, and I don't, I, I just don't. I mean, they're a team that we beat like a drum. I don't think we get up for them. Yes. But a team that's buttoned up defensively is going to give them a hard time. I don't like so, the Rangers. Not really with them. I'm going to do a few random ones here, grumpy. And okay. then just, I, I see them like, okay, bold prediction. I do like bold predictions or here's a prediction. Oh, it's not a bold prediction, but here's a prediction. Josh Bailey will be traded in the summer. Lou finds him expendable in his role. Hints why he was exposed in the expansion draft, but nobody wants him. I see. I, I seriously think that they want to get him the 10 more games. And that's kind of scary. I seriously, I I seriously do. Um, Bellos has good upside. This team desperately needs to get faster, younger, and needs to go. Bellos is better than Martin at this point, and he's better than Wallstrom, too. Play him. I, I'm all for playing the younger guys over the veterans. I, I, especially now. Not going to make the playoffs. Play all the young guys the rest of the way. You know what you have in the veterans. You know what they're going to give you. You know what their upside is, which is nothing. What their downside is, which is ever-increasing. But you want to see if the younger guys can contribute. Because if they can, then you could be more creative in trade packages, trying to move some of the veteran players. That's what that's what you should be doing now. They're not going to, but it's what they should do. Um, Mario says here, uh, take... William DeFore's stats with a grain of salt. Take with caution because he is, a, you know, he's an a, he's an overage player playing the queue. I I 100% agree with you. The queue they put up points like crazy, and you're right. He's 20 years old playing against kids who are sometimes 16. And can he skate? Yep, the skating is the biggest thing. Um, uh, Tabi saying a good return show, gents. Enjoy the three game road trip before we're officially eliminated. Thanks, there, Tommy B. Um, Grumpy, we're at the end here. I want to make sure that you are able to get to your movie in time. Um, uh, ooh, I did. 
uh, I did actually get some pictures that we'll have to talk about that. Uh, oh, later. tomorrow we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Man, show tomorrow because I do have some pictures. I'm sure we'll show and everything like that. We got to see Gosh, a few so games. much stuff happened. I'm sorry, we weren't able to hit all the comments. We do apologize. I'll take blame for that. I take blame for that. I know there's a lot of good ones and funny ones. I'm sure that I've missed. Um, but grumpy, what do you want to say before we wrap things up today? I just want to say thank you to everyone for your condolences. Greatly appreciated. But I also want to say. Love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the grumpy old man. Thank you everybody for tuning back in. Um, it was good to get a little bit of time away uh, from the show every once in a while. Um, you know, I know the off season was coming up. The season has been, it's a lot, it, it's a lot more disappointing. disappointing. The season has been disappointing. It's a lot more fun when the Islanders are playing well and the hockey's good and we're being successful. I'm sure as everybody can imagine, it's more fun for the fans, more fun for us on the show. It, it's more fun all the way around. It's more fun where I could say I'm happy and I can be positive. I can genuinely be positive about the outlook of the way things are. I'm not going to lie to myself or others and pretend to be happy when the product isn't good and things don't look good the way they're headed. So, you know, obviously a year's been a little draining on us. So, but hey, we're back. You know, uh, we'll but be back this Saturday. Okay, Grump. One good thing is, you know, as bad as the season's been, the people that we converse with have been great doesn't matter if we win or lose honestly we just like talking with everyone a absolutely absolutely so thank you for tuning in uh when's it did the Islanders play on friday was it when's it thursday uh, i know we we won't be able to cover that game live uh i'm just thinking about if there's a live game we'll do before that yeah they do play friday they play against the montreal canadian oh that's a win and brock so, nelson probably scored four or five goals in that game oh, real good against those teams We'll see you guys here soon. Um, bare minimum, Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, stay blessed, um, be healthy, be safe, and thank you, grumpy old man. My pleasure.